Hey folks, it's Sam from That Time We Woke Up in a Podcast and Had to Explain Manga, our heated adventures overanalyzing manga that we find interesting, otherwise known as the Overmanga Cast. And this week we're continuing Spooktober with a manga about body horror, terror in the mountains, metaphors for sex that are just actually sex. It was that? We did this last week. No, 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 no. This this week we read Glipnir by Sun Takeda, chapters 15 through 35. What do you mean this is just like... All right, I'm beginning to sense a theme for this month, but um, enjoy the show. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Overmanga Cast. My name is Sam, and as always, here at the top of the show, we talk about what our familiarity with the uh, property we read this week was. Uh, I actually have not uh, consumed any more Gleipnir since the uh, last time we read this particular manga. Uh, I remember being very off-put by it last time, uh, not necessarily disliking it, but definitely not wanting to seek more out. After last week, I feel like I can take on anything, though, so who's to say after this? <laughs> uh matt how about you uh yeah i remember liking it the last time we read it but uh i had not found any need to really seek it out beyond um uh, us getting recommended to read it again this october so thanks listeners for forcing us to read things we say we like and then never get around to yes uh only you can hold us accountable to do things like that uh jay how about you very similarly in fact yeah haven't touched it since we first read this title all right and jacob uh to the shock of everyone i actually have something to say this time i did actually read a little bit ahead this time i have a list i had gotten a few chapters into a bunch of things uh some things i stuck with more consistently others i only read a little bit of and then sort of you know life happened i got as far as the uh, metaphorical sex becoming very real and then not necessarily because of that, but around that point, I sort of uh, trailed off and haven't really gotten back into uh, reading Gluttonier until now. Well, uh, as seems to be the theme so far this month, uh, we dive right back into our uh, sexual awakening themed uh, body horror adventures with. So we open up with a uh, brief flashback of Claire talking to somebody on the cell phone of the guy that died last time. You remember that dude sliced in half by our big metal monster man friend. And so uh, she uses this to arrange a meeting with the team of monsters that uh, that previous guy had been a part of. At which point we cut back to uh, the present where they are uh, being introduced to this group of weirdos. Latest batch of them. One of the first uh, non-hostile interactions that we've had in the series. And uh, I mean that for literally every single character. Mm -hmm. Shuichi's actually very excited about this. <laughs> it's like, Claire, we found people that aren't crazy and violent. This is great. <laughs> Meanwhile, Claire is just like, hold on, don't speak too soon. <laughs> also, not for nothing, but the most crazy and violent character up to this point in the story is the person he's talking to. But we're going to move past that. <laughs> yes. Mm -hmm. uh, but they're not going to be allowed to uh, join the group until they take a special oath uh, that will bind them to the to the group uh, indelibly. And... As a safeguard, uh, Claire decides to get out of Shuichi in his suit form, and she'll take the oath first, 
so that uh, she can tell him if it's uh, on the up and up or not, which, of course, means we have a, uh, a transition from uh, suited form with Claire inside to Claire getting out. And to- manga loves its glamour shots of that. Yeah, oh, the manga loves its glamour shots is really all you need mm-hmm. to say. True. Ain't complaining. <laughs> the the one takeaway as Claire is led away to the secret room where the oath is taken, I guess. <laughs> Claire Claire yeah. really signs on to what could have easily been just killing her in a back room, but Yeah, and I can't figure out if this is like a genius like big brain move on her part or if it's just like I am just going to act super confident and the confidence will allow them to believe I belong here. I, I'm willing to go with Claire just knows they're not actually a threat. But that kind of doesn't track because we find out one of them is actually a threat later on but eh, eh. well the the thing about claire and this has been consistent with her character all along she is extremely reckless she makes educated guesses she makes smart bets but she always all ends on everything she holds no value in her own life yeah Mm -hmm. or at least she says so which Mm -hmm. given we get a little bit more about her character We've not refuted that idea specifically yet, but uh, there's a lot about the truth about Claire as a person we learn over the course of this. Mm-hmm. But um, the the one takeaway is as she's being led away um, to the, the fun room where nothing bad happens um, is uh, <laughs> we get a scene where the rest of the crew is just hanging out with Shuichi in the room mm-hmm. and the girl whose power is she can talk to animals. Yeah. Uh, gets real touchy-feely with our boy. Uh-huh, because he's still in he's still in mascot suit form. Uh, so this girl wearing her motorcycle helmet uh, comes over and is like, can I pet you? I guess? Okay, what about tummy rubs? That'd probably be a step too far. Uh, uh, n- n- uh, no. <laughs> I'm withdrawing consent for that one. <laughs> which is which is honestly a big step for Shuichi, and uh, she does respect that. Though, uh, li- dear listeners, if you recall our last episode, you might have noticed I made a point of saying there was a uh, there was an idea that gets like reinforced later, and then that never came up again. Uh, that's because I accidentally read an extra chapter. <laughs> And I was referring to this moment. The one about how uh, motorcycle helmet girl, Yoshioka is her name, uh, can understand the feelings of animals. That That's sort of tying into uh, Shuichi's character of, uh, you know, like not seeing himself as a person. Had a whole uh, spiel I was going to do, and then my uh, uh, co-hosts rightly informed me that I was an idiot and looked at the wrong line of the spreadsheet. Yeah, as the uh, bonding is happening downstairs with the... Uh, the new member of the group, uh, Claire, had gone off with the leader, Jason Voorhees mask girl, who then proceeds to immediately take off her mask and her top and her shorts and <laughs> just you know, sitting there, titties out. I love how long it takes for Claire to realize this isn't part of the, the setup. This is uh-huh. just assault. <laughs> like, Yeah, yeah. Why did, because- why did you take off your clothes? Don't worry about it. <laughs> We're all girls here. You can't sum up Gleipnir in one panel. <laughs> uh, but um, yeah, Claire fully believes that um, this is part of the oath-taking ritual, I suppose, uh, because Koyanagi, the leader of the group, uh, she says that her power is that she can force people to keep secrets. And so her using her power is this oath. 
and um, she, while fondling her own ass, uh, starts to explain her backstory <laughs> to Claire. I mean, Claire is also prodding her for her backstory a little bit because mm-hmm. Claire is. Yeah, and that's why trying to read Claire is like almost impossible at this point. Because I'm like, does she know? Is no. she? She's fishing for information. Claire thinks she's Sherlock Holmes, and sometimes the manga decides to make her Sherlock Holmes. It's the confidence that comes with it. It's just like, does she know? Is this a power move that she's trying to do? Or it it is a power move because she's trying to she doesn't think she's a threat because they would have been dead already. Mm -hmm. So that gamble paid off. So now it's like, okay, they're weak in some way. How can I pick that apart to like better influence me is really Claire's whole deal here, mm-hmm. which is why it turns down to going like, "Hey, this is getting really sexual." You've now mounted me, um, and are fondling my breasts. Is this part of the ritual? While telling me a story about how you were hooking up with your teacher in high school, um, just gonna go out on a limb here. Was that a male teacher or a female? Yep. Okay. That. <laughs> That tracks. Uh, so I guess this isn't part of the the oath ceremony, right? Yeah, you you wouldn't have done this with the boys. And she's like, oh, no, disgusting. <laughs> yeah, no, yeah, I, I was going to say it's phrased that way. <laughs> so yeah. do you do this with the guys or? Ooh, no, this is a part of the ritual, is it? No. Kiyonagi hand between Claire's legs is like, no, it's not. And I mean, this whole scene is happening as we kind of get the backstory explained and it's there's a whole... whole scene like aside from what's happening to claire feel very uncomfortable which i mean oh, yeah is kind of gleipnir's whole thing is that that's kind of, yeah that that's sort of the point there's a there's a whole lore dump here about how um the rest of them don't look like monsters and the people who turn into monsters koyonagi kind of says like as much as those people didn't have a clear idea what they wanted their wish to be i knew exactly what i wanted my wish to be I want to be able to enforce death upon people who don't keep secrets because I thought it was weird that I hooked up with my teacher and then my teacher felt guilty about it. So they didn't talk to me anymore. And that made me feel even more isolated. So I talked with a close personal friend about it to see what I should do emotionally. And she told everybody. And when the secret got out, my teacher killed herself. And now Mm -hmm. I want to just make sure secrets can stay secret. And I'm like, Weird moral manga, but you know what? Do you? Do you? Uh, I guess. I don't really know that there's a moral there. That's just a. It's a. It's a logical. It's, it's more of a. It's more of a, a character trait of her. It's Kiyonagi's. It's Kiyonagi's own morality or sense of justice or whatever. Yeah, it's, it's her. her it's her to moral. A pain she had. It's her moral is what I'm saying. I'm not saying it's mm. like a thesis statement for the yeah. manga. I'm just saying right. the fact that her character is portrayed as relatively healthy going forward is kind of just oh you know what maybe some things should just be kept secret and i guess in this situation this did cause someone to die so she is she's definitely the highest functioning of this group yeah yeah i I, I, I don't know i don't know i also feel that well We'll go into it later. I feel like this entire group dynamic, as we delve into it, really shapes out to be really interesting. Honestly, mm-hmm. I mean, yes, obviously they actually reference that. Like they literally would be easy pickings if they were by themselves. So 
I, I think another kind of important element of this is this entire scene with the two of them is intercut with basically uh, two other scenes, one that leads into. Uh, so this is strictly speaking, chapter wise, a little bit later. But by the end of the whole, hey, this is a part of the ritual, is it? This is one of the first times we actually see a uh, a crack in uh, basically Fortress Claire that we've had up to this point, because like even as all of this is happening, when whenever there are eyes upon her, she is uh, still stone faced, uh, you know, still unaffected by it all. But we actually see a uh, private moment of Claire's where she actually shows that, wow, that was uh, that was way more than I was comfortable with. And that almost got bad. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that was that was too high of a risk. And I shouldn't have done that. Mm-hmm. It's also when she takes the break to go out and grab her cell phone to, like, come back and show uh, Koyanagi that, like, hey, I'm looking for my sister. Mm-hmm. And she goes to get the cell phone. So she walks in on um, Yoshioka snuggling on uh, Shuichi. Shuichi's like, can, can you not? Like, maybe I. Claire sees this and instantly furious. Yes. Oh, yeah. little does she know <laughs> where the rest of that scene is going to go. Chronologically, the, the angry Claire comes first. This is another case where she basically admits to herself that uh, that was stupid of me. I shouldn't have done that. Uh, sort of reframes this moment where uh, that that anger. I mean, like there's obviously a level of possessiveness to it. It's more vulnerable in the context that we get with her later on. Yeah, it's less of her putting up a front and that of her actual mask slipping more so than it seems at first blush. Mm hmm. Mm-hmm. But regardless, they're in the like weird dungeon room with uh, Koyanagi where she's trying to get Claire to wear a necklace made out of her hair. Um, Which is still creepy. I mean, yeah. you know. Yeah, because that's what the oath actually is. It is a uh, choker made out of Koyanagi's hair that sinks into your neck. And if you reveal a secret that she wants kept, it will uh, immediately decapitate you. Well, actually, it's it's even more clever than that, because it is specifically if you feel you have betrayed the group. Yeah, so it's even more it's more nebulous than not just what you think will like offend me and betray me. You have to think of all of us. I I love the page where she reveals that caveat to Claire and then Claire's like, oh, yeah, I'll sign up for this. No problem. (laughs) (laughs) Claire's not going to feel guilty about shit. Uh huh. I never intended to join you in good faith anyway. <laughs> yeah, I really feel like there should be more buy-in rather than you have to like we'll see. See, not that's be the a thing, sociopath. <laughs> see, that's the thing though, because we we find out over the course of this that uh Claire is not as stone cold as she pretends to be. So I have a feeling that this like uh, not necessarily that it's gonna actually uh like like that it's gonna get Claire killed or anything, but I have a feeling that this is going to I, I don't know, Jacob. We have a scene later on where she's just like, yep, nope, I guess what needs to be done needs to be done. So, like, whether or not she'll feel guilty about it is, I, I don't know. Koyanagi's power sucks. I think we can all just come to the conclusion. <laughs> yeah. It only works on people who would feel bad if they betrayed you, which really meaningless. Like, saying, like, 
not only is one like Claire's character, at least up to this point, has been very, you know, stone cold, very, le- I don't want to say level headed, but an air of, of, of confidence, well, at least. confidence. Yes. And the fact that like you immediately upon joining, upon meeting this group, they haven't had like one open air or casual conversation or anything. At this point, you don't even know who all these people are. You're supposed to immediately feel that there's buy-in for you to, I guess, want to get to know everyone because you want to get to know what would potentially be a minefield of what would be like cause someone to feel betrayed, I guess. I don't understand the dynamic. Here's the thing. There's a specific phrasing and... After all, she could also be lying about any number of things in this. Oh, yeah. But what she says specifically is that when you feel you've betrayed us, it doesn't mention guilt specifically. The guilt is implied. But if it's just if you betray us, if you yourself feel that you've betrayed us, no matter how you feel about it, if that's the case, then especially since the uh, uh, the implied guilt isn't a factor, that actually makes the power a little bit stronger. I, I'm going to say we've got some evidence in what happens with the group that leads me to believe that's not the case, but we can talk about it when it comes up. Yeah, like, we'll talk about it when it comes up, because I, I feel I feel there's evidence both for and against that. I still think that like partially inoculates Claire because she never intend <laughs> she she much like Shar Aznable has never betrayed anybody in her entire <laughs> life. Yeah, basically. But um, regardless, we're really bearing the lead here because the much more interesting story is the second Claire grabs her phone and leaves Animal Girl, who I wish I remembered, uh, Chihiro. Chihiro is her first yep. name. Yeah. Yep. So she immediately goes like Claire's gone. Hey, I lost my wallet in the woods. And also you're a dog. Do you want to go look for it? She's a baiter. She's a furry. She's a furry. <laughs> like that. That much is clear. I'm just saying this is immediately tipped me on because there was a so, reason. I, I thought this was recent. She lost this two days ago. Like, mm-hmm. but like, OK, maybe maybe it's the residual paranoia from uh, last week's reading. But uh, I was instantly like, OK, Shuichi, you idiot. You know, you're getting love bombed, right? How manipulatable are you? Very. One, well, one girl starts acting nice to you and suddenly you're going off alone. Well, uh, you know, he is an empty mascot suit metaphor. Yeah, that's true. But uh, it's here where the thing that I found the funniest happens, because uh, as they are heading out into the woods, um, a, a series, a series of misadventures that would not be out of place in a porno happen. <laughs> well, Ch- well Chihiro, Chihiro uh, is like getting out of breath climbing a hill and she's like I don't have much stamina even when I'm transformed and he's like wait you're in monster form right now uh, you don't look that different and she's like I, yeah that's why I wear the helmet I promise not to laugh and she pops off the helmet she's got fox ears which um, viewers yes uh, animal girls with uh, animal ears uh, count as furries yes <laughs> mm-hmm. yes you hear to hear yeah. I said it I said what I said. Because Chihiro is definitely a furry. Uh-huh. I mean, both physically and also just psychologically. She went after her, that dog boy. She immediately went after the first suit man, yes. But more importantly, this girl goes like, oh, man, I'm so tired, I guess. Uh, oh, you can just go home. I can just do it. Actually, your smell is actually just kind of interrupting things. So I'll find it real quick if you just leave and I can bring it to you. 
oh, but maybe on the other hand, I could just get inside of you and then you wouldn't have to spell me and then we could go together it's like that's weird you suggested that so quickly but also <laughs> i'm very horny so i'll immediately concede well i guess the only problem is your clothes would get dirty and you wouldn't want to deal with that i'll take them off oh i guess we're doing this then <laughs> <laughs> i mean only if your girlfriend would be mad claire not, not my, my girlfriend. girlfriend that's not my girlfriend <laughs> And uh, it's here where we get. <laughs> I mean, uh, say out of a porno, out of a porno, because we have uh, telescope head man uh, Ikeuchi, who established <laughs> earlier has kind of a crush on Shihiro. And he followed them surreptitiously and has been using his telescope head, which is also a camera. Uh, gee, I, I wonder why uh, to voyeuristically watch them so he is watching chiro strip and step inside the suit form and uh my 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 boy's a cuckold because um he is also furiously masturbating yeah no he is <laughs> this he, is this is clearly displayed on panel he is crying he is furious he is in full incel rage mode he's also hard as a rock and gripping it through his pants this boy is jacking it through a pair of jeans uh, he's he's down bad. Oh, God. The the shots uh, zooming in on Shahira's ass as she's taking her panties off has the little record in the upper uh, right hand corner. Yeah. So um, the the <laughs> the getting in the suit is metaphor for sex is also now just sex. Well, you remember how uh, Claire, uh, the first time that she entered the suit was still in her underwear and then later used a swimsuit. Shihiro strips entirely, which Shuichi only finds out when he stands up and goes to like put her clothes, like stash them away somewhere, notices her panties and is like, are you entirely naked in there? But you said they would get my clothes dirty. I didn't mean that. <laughs> I mean, just take off your dress. You don't understand Ugh. how down bad this girl was, Sam. Like, I, I, <laughs> I, 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 I think she is playing up how innocent she is. Like, oh, no, no I, I fully understand that. It's part of the reason why I was screaming at Shuichi. How manipulatable are you? Because the entire time he is having flashes of the first time he transformed with Claire and Chihiro inside him just goes like, hey, are you comparing me with that girl? He's like, what? No. You know, I can kind of get glimpses of what you're thinking about. We're very connected right now. How no. Uh, you, you feel good too. Why would you say that? I don't know why I said that. <laughs> <laughs> it has a lot of awkward teenagers doing it for the first time energy and... <laughs> It is sort of charming in that it's like, regard. It's like when you're having sex with a woman and midway she asks, so am I better than your ex? And you're just no. like, why? Why? Why, why would you bring you that up this? now? Mm -hmm. <laughs> I mean, of course I'm thinking about her, but really that's my own trouble. Yeah. <laughs> uh. But yeah, there, there's also a level of character development of uh, Shuichi. He's not made a huge leap or anything because in a lot of cases, he, you know, like most of this is framed in the idea of she is also an unconfident person who uh, doesn't have a lot of personal strength, which maybe isn't as true as he'd like to think it is. I, um, I love definitely. He definitely feels a deeper. <laughs> he's feeling a lot right now, but he feels a deeper emotional connection to her than Claire. 
Um, I, but there is there is also the aspect of uh, the uh, she's not my girlfriend. Like he's not he's not totally unaware of what's going on. And that shows more of a spine than he had previously. I also love the entire time he's going like, you know, me and Chihiro are actually really in common. We're both weak, easily manipulatable people. I wonder if I could use this to my advantage. What the hell? Mm. Like. I get you're like downplaying yourself with that, but there's also like a weird predatoriness when he's talking. Like we're both inhuman monsters undeserving of love. So if we bone, it's okay. <laughs> yeah, well, there's also there's also a large aspect of Claire's persona is affecting him. Uh-huh. I'd say it's just a moderate aspect, if not a small aspect. That's a butt joke. Okay. Uh-huh. <laughs> Uh, lot, lots of ass shots in this. Um, the sex metaphors are uh, completely lost on all of us because boy, how do you, how literal it gets. I, I mean, we literally have the moment of Chihiro uh, trying to move around in the suit and immediately tripping and falling. And he's like, I thought you knew what you were doing. I thought you knew what you were doing. Yeah. <laughs> it just feels so different. Did it hurt? I just want to apologize. Uh, I When we made the schedule, I didn't intend for the first half of October to be like both about pegging, but <laughs> <laughs> here we are. What's going on? Look, look, Jay, if you were here last week, you'd understand why, why we're so blasé about this. <laughs> so anyway, after they have sex in the woods, they kind of stumble through the woods after her purse or her wallet. Mm-hmm. Her wallet. Yeah, yeah, her wallet. Unfortunately for them, uh, the plot is continuing to happen because the wallet was found by another group of monsters wandering the woods looking for coins. This monster group includes Elena and the one who actually found the wallet, uh, Gara. I mean, uh, Subaru. <laughs> He's totally not Gara, guys. He kind of looks like Kalua, actually, I thought. Oh, Kalua is actually pretty close to, but like his fighting style is very Gara-esque. Oh, you know, you're right. Yeah. Big metaphor for my dead mom. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> yes. And also uh, the the closed in sphere of defense and then attack with. I, I mean, except his metaphor is literally just what appears to be his dead parents. <laughs> like a lot of the monster transformations are just stands at this point. Yeah. Why? Why is it that the main characters turn into things, but all the other people seem to just have like things coming off of them? <laughs> I think that's part of what Payanagi was getting at, like uh, people who consumed the the magic potion of wishing from the alien uh, who had a strong idea of what they wanted, were able to keep a greater sense of their original selves. So if you like asked for a person back, you get that person as Mm -hmm. opposed to someone saying, I want women to be inside of me. Mm -hmm. They turn into a flesh suit. (laughs) Like Subaru, uh, I can only presume that he ha- he seems to have a very powerful self-image. Yeah, he's nothing but ego. His his monster power is the massive twisted forms of his parents arise to simultaneously defend him and slap down all threats. I mean, we don't know they're his parents, but they are like a male and female zombie. So I'm it's pre- like I'm pretty sure eh. he calls them mom and dad. Oh, he might. I don't know. I don't actually read these things. <laughs> <laughs> But um, so we're getting a little bit ahead of ourselves. I'll just hop us back in. Uh, basically, they find the wallet, but it's been picked up by that group. And they're like, oh, no, they're all very strong. I can now sense spiritual pressure. 
And then they split off. And then he's just like, oh, wait, one of them split off. That would make it easier for us, he says aloud so that the kid can hear him and go like, you think I'm easy just because I'm a little kid? I didn't actually say that, but sure, yeah, we can probably fight you. And then he summons his, like, uh, presumably zombie parents and crushes. <laughs> uh-huh. Just literally like a paper bag, just between two hands, smush. You see it's been like compressed in half. You see Chihiro's like hip dislocate out of place as she's ripped in half inside of him. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, holy this is really bad for the group you just joined that you took one of their like members inside of you, went off on a run and then got her killed. Uh Uh-huh. That was, yes, all of those thoughts immediately flashed through my mind. And it was here, honestly, that I'm just like... If I didn't know how many more chapters were in the, in the reading, I'd be like, okay, this has, this has to be like where it ends. This is the so, end. So I never thought for a second that crushing Shuichi would actually hurt him because he's got no bones. And, and also, he got his bloody head ripped off last time and was fine. Yeah, but that's a mascot costume thing. Like, you can put heads hmm. back on. Yeah. Yeah. But we know that the mascot suit is incredibly resilient. Uh, but Chihiro, not so much so. <laughs> Uh, he he gets wrung like a dish rag and her blood is pouring out of him. It seems like that is the end of it and uh, the fight is instantly over and now we just have to deal with this tragedy. Uh, Subaru starts to walk away, dismissing his stand, and then the, <laughs> the suit stands back up in a very grisly panel. Just Meanwhile, the whole time, uh, Suichi is going through like an internal monologue about how it's OK for him to fight because it's not actually Claire who was the violent psychopath. It was him. And I'm like, buddy, you're really learning the wrong lessons here. You're <laughs> you're blaming yourself for not stopping her is the same thing as you doing things. And it's just like, uh, it's it's a it's a step forward. It's not. Like it's, it's taking responsibility for things, but in a way that pushes him down further, yeah, into being her pet, which isn't really great. Like, it, you yeah, need it's, to acknowledge you're not responsible for her actions. I mean, it's non linear character movement, which you know, he's, he's claimed some degree of separation by boning Chihiro into a cool secondary transformation. <laughs> it It is a uh, pretty, pretty rad transformation as uh, both Chihiro and uh, Shuichi's combined fury at what just happened causes them to more perfectly meld. And it's, it's elements of the uh, of the mascot suit onto onto Chihiro. So it's and like it, Chihiro's but it's, body, but with like Tanuki skin and yeah. like Demon Fox. It looks like Kayubi Naruto kind of actually, if Kayubi Naruto was an actual physical body rather than mm-hmm. chakra energy. energy. Yeah. Uh, and uh, like. Man. Again, the, compar- the comparison of Subaru to Hagara, uh, this is just a Naruto arc. <laughs> <laughs> um, but like, damn, what a character design. Holy it's, crap. It's so cool. It was here that cool. they grabbed me because like immediately like, what popped into my head was, okay, this is like, at first, until it's like we delve more into the inner monologue, it's like, it's like a switch of control, you know, or Chiharu, like assumed control from Suichi. But then mm-hmm. we... But then 
no, it's it's revealed later on that this is a more perfect melding, uh, because the the new form is like Chihiro's body, except the skin is all like black and crackling with energy. The eyes totally white. Her teeth have become the zipper on the back of the suit. I I love the like Cheshire cat grin she's got going on the entire time, and like that freaking pose, man, like. I I just love it because you combine the two most milquetoast, like, calm characters and they form a perfect union to realize they both love murder. (laughs) (laughs) Yep, this this two-tailed kitsune monster just (laughs) starts screaming. Yes, just like that. (laughs) And I'm like, same, TDH. <laughs> Aren't you tired of being nice? Don't you just want to go away? Keep an eye on Sam, everyone. So, uh, our our fusion girl, I guess she, she's wearing a dress, but is technically a perfect fusion of the two. So I I don't know. Non-binary. They, they don't really ascribe a identity to the fusion at all. Is the mm-hmm. thing. So yeah, this I is all know. this is all they're new, right. and they're just sort of experiencing it as it goes along. It is feminine presenting. I guess we can go as far as I think that's fair mm-hmm. to say. So, um, yeah, because uh, Suichi is such a doormat, he just gets immediately overwhelmed. <laughs> but, um, yeah, so the weird part about this, they don't establish this in the chapter it's introduced. But later on, we find out that while this fusion form is going on, their two bodies are just standing behind watching with blank eyes. <laughs> I think that's supposed to be like a representation of their combined spirits. They don't make that clear. <laughs> It looks like there's just two puppeteers. And it seems they're clear standing to me. on grass. It's not like they're in like a floating like mind space like when they do other things. They're standing on the grass watching. It was only whenever yeah. they were doing internal monologues. It seemed clear to me personally. Yeah, I got the I, I got the idea that that was um, just a representation of their fused egos well regardless it doesn't matter because they clown on this guy until he's like okay well time to stop holding back time to use my ultimate attack and then claire's sister shows up is like no you can't use the ultimate attack why because we're probably like arc villains or something and we need to make you mate still be a threat later like oh you're right that makes sense (laughs) i'm now going to clown on these love it because like the entire time the fused form is rampaging about you know like bouncing off of uh trees and ripping up huge holes in the ground you know slapping at the uh at the huge monster and trading blows there's this inner monologue uh talking about the rage swelling up inside of them i've never felt angry for my own sake my own sake who am i talking about is it shuichi or is it Shihiro? and then it's like it doesn't matter it's both and i can't forgive this little brat for what he did and nothing will stop my fury i love that panel because he's like being uh shielded in like the clasped hand of the big parent zombie stand mm-hmm. and she just like rips open the fingers and bends them backwards, breaking them, leering over him like a death spirit. Pulls out, got two guns now. She does have two side guns that are just hilarious because on her costume, where are those kept? They're strapped to her thighs <laughs> under the dress. They, it, they, no, but they, they aren't there when you see under the dress earlier. 
Also, that that dress is very thin. It's not mm. hiding guns. Like interpret that as that they appear when needed because monster powers. I'm more suspicious <laughs> because that dress did not have did not have pockets. It it is positioned kind of ambiguously where either like Subaru's going to get shot or the fused form is going to get crushed, and that's when Elena shows up and intervenes. Yeah, honestly, I I like this. They make it pretty freaking clear that this whilst this fused form is incredibly powerful, it is also in a blind rage mode that makes it not exactly, uh, you know, dexterous. Mm -hmm. Here's these two people who are somewhere in the same neighborhood of power as um, as this new fused form, but they're more in control it manages to maintain the menace of antagonists whilst keeping uh this new fused form as as potentially strong enough to actually win against them if it was more completely controlled mm -hmm. like if you were holified <laughs> i i thought that was clear enough from the actions i kind of felt like elena's whole like lore dump about how no you need to hold that power off for when we need it in the future kind of unnecessary this manga loves its unnecessary lore dumps, to be fair. So, mm-hmm. Sick mm -hmm. choice. Elena's also trying to keep Subaru alive for some as of yet unspoken purpose. So it's like, even if you could maybe win this, I don't want you risking yourself. And when she comes to intervene in this fight, uh, she explains her reasoning partly as uh, Subaru is still a child, which interesting juxtaposition of your motivations there girl because you want to keep him from getting hurt in a fight because he's a child yet you are using him as a weapon in your ambitions hmm. is she we we actually don't really get established that she's the boss of this team that's actually i think a pretty strong parallel with um shuichi where she's complicit in using him for other ends where you know how much is it i can't stop this person so i'm going along with it versus what could i do to have stopped the thing versus what is my responsibility regardless because i don't i you know i am not the moral compass of this other person it's a similar situation between shuichi and claire mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And, you know, because there is the question of how much control does she have in this group? She doesn't seem to like like she throws weight around and people are behooven to many of the things that she says, but she doesn't seem to try to take a leadership role. So could she stop the group if she wanted to? Or, you know, is there stuff that we don't know about, which I mean, that goes without saying, but. Oh, it's implied there's a lot we don't know about because when uh, Elena shows up, uh, Shuichi instantly and uh, continues to be in full violence mode. That's our enemy. She's done all these horrible things to me. I need to kill her. I have to destroy her. And Chihiro inside of the fused being is looking at her like, I don't know who this person is. Oh, wait, no. There's a bunch of your memories in here. <laughs> I feel no desire to kill her. Wait, wait, I'm getting some of Shuichi's memories from before the plot and he's with elena and what anyway one way or another i don't want to kill her and since we now are at cross purposes uh the fused body loses power and collapses which i thought was super cool oh yeah i i love this sequence because that's when we get uh, chihiro standing in front of their gun to block it from hitting elena and so it's like nope we're done 
no, she's standing in front of uh, the vision of Shuichi and like holding a hand to his chest, like holding him back. Yeah, she she stands in front of the guns. Uh, but when like that visual metaphor isn't enough, she reaches out and touches uh, the, you know, psychic mind Shuichi. You, you know what? Jacob, I believe you because I believe Gleipnir would double dip on the visual met metaphor. <laughs> uh <-huh. laughs> <laughs> Who's subtlety and how do I kill them? <laughs> uh, but anyway, we kind of cut after they unfuse because Suichi goes unconscious and Chihiro's pretending to be unconscious for some degree of time when the crew finds them because Claire finishes her hey, hold on, let me wrap my hair around your throat real quick bit. Oh, yeah, we better go get my boyfriend, not my boyfriend. He's more important than a boyfriend. He's my other half. Hey, wait a minute. Where is Shuichi? Oh, he and the fox girl left like an hour ago. They what? <laughs> oh, don't worry. It's fine. He can go off and be nice to some girl. They don't have what I have, the ability for me to get inside him. We have such an unbreakable bond. And actually, he's nothing without me. And I'm like, Claire. Stop, stop mm -hmm. saying the metaphors out loud. <laughs> <laughs> she, she's saying all this. She's being very uh, confident that like, whatever, I'm the only one who can really connect with him. And then they all go out to look for the two missing members of the group and uh, find the remains of the battlefield and uh, suit form Shuichi just kind of laying there. They unzip him and find the naked Shia inside. And Claire just looks Shattered. Uh, we also we also find that telescope head guy uh, can download the things that he yeah. sees. I forgot. That's right. He has the video and he's just like that homewrecker came in and seduced her. And then Claire's just watching the video. It looks like she's the one who initiated this. Also, oh, no. he do he doesn't show the part where um yeah he specifically she... edits it he or he stops recording it I don't know which or one. he stops oh, he, he stops the playback before it gets overtly sexual but Claire is also still looking at this like yeah like it's the other way around because <laughs> she doesn't even need the whole video to realize what's going on because <laughs> well it's obvious I'm very upset but I'm not gonna let people know I'm upset. <laughs> She's also not upset because they have such a deep connection. No one could ever. That's the entire time is her talking about what a deep connection they have, how he's her other half. He's way more than a boyfriend. Whereas when he was asked if Claire was his girlfriend, he's like, no, she's not my girlfriend. We just are like partners who work together. So it's like he mm -hmm. downgraded their relationship. She upgraded their relationship. Yeah, because she is distraught when they when they find the battlefield, wondering if he's OK. Yeah, this is the this is the next point where uh, her mask slips because uh, she is uh, she is claimed vociferously regularly that she doesn't actually care about uh, Shuichi. But uh, the idea that he might be dead fills her with terror. Yeah, it it has a a serious and immediate effect on her where she kind of forgets uh, there's someone to wear the mask around. Mm -hmm. Nick from Left for Dead is is there with her. Yeah, um, he, another member of the group, Yota. Uh, he he wears a pinstripe suit and is uh, a womanizer, and he's uh, is he? He kind of just says Claire's his type, like. He, Nothing else indicates he, he's a womanizer. He's he, no, there's a around Chihiro. There's a difference between being a womanizer and being desperate. <laughs> I got, I got, I got desperation. Yeah, I got he, desperate he, vibes. He's, he's flirting with Claire. Like 
I think you're more on the money with that one. Yeah. Oh, to be fair, he also does immediately point out, oh, by the way, our boss is a raging lesbian. And he's just like, OK, cool. Not going to waste my time. Yep. <laughs> well, maybe you're right, actually. I think that happens, by the way, once they rescue him. But yeah, it's all happening now. So they find him. They find Chihiro inside him and um, buck naked. <laughs> yeah, Claire's like, we haven't even done that yet, which <laughs> she doesn't say anything about. But man, does she bring up sex very frequently as a bargain like, tool but it's really a manipulation because she constantly goes haha just kidding why do you think i was being serious mm -hmm. yes and then, and then get uh and then gets mad that uh he's not more on board with the idea <laughs> because uh, your boundaries well i mean uh, here's the thing we're we're starting to see the real claire and she is not nearly as cold as she pretends to be she wants to be the the cold, manipulative seductress who's in uh, total control, but she has uh, had a genuine affection for Shuichi the entire time. She's also still hot-headed and manipulative. Like, there's no... Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah, there, yeah. There's no cold, manipulative, and normal girl. It's cold, manipulative, and manipulative. <laughs> like, it's... <laughs> <laughs> yep. But anyway, uh, they rescue him. Suichi has no memories past getting... Getting crushed. Uh, he remembers her climbing into the suit and then getting and then the fight starting. Uh, he never expressly says that he remembers anything else and it's not really implied. However, um, uh, Fox Girl, Chihiro, she does remember everything that happened. And, but she uh, implies that she doesn't in order to try and. <laughs> yeah, well, oh, not uh, get beaten to death by Claire. <laughs> uh huh. And I, I love Claire on this scene because she's half jealous girlfriend, half actual Sherlock Holmes. And she deduces by the footprint pattern that it was two very strong creatures fighting and that one of them might have been um, uh, Chihiro inside of Shuichi because mm -hmm. the level of destruction made everybody else think that it was a team battle. Mm -hmm. But it's like, no, this was two people fighting. And if it's two really strong people, Suichi could be one of those. But then that would mean Chihiro took over him and was super strong with him. God damn it. Whether or not she has any reason to believe this is true, jealous girlfriend energy is causing her to just immediately assume this is the case. Uh-huh. Yeah, I mean, the fact that she's right doesn't change the fact that the, she's coming to this conclusion via jealous girlfriend energy. Also, the manga just loves making her a genius occasionally for some reason. So, you know, like, eh. <laughs> sure, why not? <laughs> Every dog has a stay. Oh, <laughs> uh, but um, uh, is we this when Shuichi starts pretty early. But I think when they're heading home is the first time we get like, by the way, I'm not the main character of this story. I know you may have been confused because I'm currently the center of a love triangle. Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> a love rectangle. Who else? Claire, Claire's sister, and Fox Girl. Mm -hmm. Oh, to be fair, at this point, we haven't revealed Claire's sister is into Suichi. We have not. Well, no, we, we have we, from last time. Yeah, you're right. Last time, I was the one who was supposed to be inside you. Oh, yeah. God. That's pretty <laughs> overt. And there's also a telescope cuck boy, but he, he, he's not he really does not here. Count. <laughs> He, he does not if, count. If you're masturbating on the outside, you're not a participant. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> Why? We here at the Overmanga cast do not kink shame. 
We will, however, kink ask why. We get introduced <laughs> to the rest of the group, including uh, the Sasquatch, uh, Druid Boy Tellum. Uh, his name is Isao. He turns into a big hulking bear thing, but he's actually uh, completely soft and would never punch anybody. But he does have the power to make plants grow. I was so confused because they look nothing alike. I thought they were two separate characters. And I'm like, where's where's like the juggernaut? Where'd he go? Oh, he he de transformed. Yeah, there's like three action lines to denote he transforms. I I only noticed that that was supposed to be your hint at that this is the same character after having reread it with the later scenes context. It's not very clear. I want to say it starts right here and going through like the entire next arc. The manga kind of has a problem where it will just suddenly skip time and you're just mm -hmm. expected to assume what happened, which is normally fine. But then it will also like have characters change clothes. We'll have characters like just transform. And it's like, I have trouble because these people don't all look identical. <laughs> so I'm like, what's going on? Because mm -hmm. um, they decide to go on an adventure. But like, this is where it starts is um, Claire keeps switching between her hiking outfit and her swimsuit. And I don't know when she has time to change. Like, I genuinely don't know when she's having time to strip the, like, outerwear. Mm -hmm. And get into the new outfit. Because things will happen, like, in the second it needs to happen. So, it, I, don't, I don't know. I would I would presume she's wearing the swimsuit under her. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I'm not but... saying she has to change. I'm saying she has to take off the outer layer, though, is the thing. Like, and she's reacting to things like, like, they're getting shot at and she quickly jumps into the into the mech shinji uh. <laughs> <laughs> shinji is the mech in this version oh you're right this is this is the weirdest uh evangelion fan fiction i've ever I, I seen think, i think i've read the evangelion fan fiction where shinji is fisted by his dad <laughs> God, why oh anyway isao is very uh very very stutteringly flirting with uh, shuichi who is <laughs> it's it's all bouncing I, off again. i thought it was so cute but he's just it's like oh nope i don't stand a chance in this <laughs> it's, it's so cute <laughs> <The> poor guy <laughs> he's just like hey hey are you um are you gay maybe bi like is there is there anything we could work around with that but uh, he he's like oh let me demonstrate my power to grow plants here i happen to have some seeds in my pocket and i made this bouquet f for you thanks oh cool i'll give it to my girlfriend <laughs> claire claire and <laughs> oh yeah and then the last member of the group uh invisigirl miku uh uh she sure exists uh, yep. Does she? <laughs> uh, she is introduced and does nothing. <laughs> is she in the next arc? <laughs> like, I'm genuinely not I sure. I think the blanket that represents her is, but she does nothing. Yeah, she's physically there, but they, yeah. They do a mini training arc where they're showing off his powers and they're like, oh, so other people can get in. What if those people have powers as well? Oh, what if she got in and she turned invisible? Would that turn him invisible? No, it's gross to go inside someone's flesh lips. And then Koyanagi's just like, hold on, just don't knock it before you try it. <laughs> oh Claire ends up confronting Chio like, you do remember what happened. Explain to me. What, what were you doing while you were banging my boyfriend? The fact that's a sentence that actually makes sense in context. It really, really goes to show what kind of a series Glipnir is. 
I just happened to climb into him uh, naked in order to facilitate the search for the wallet. And uh, <laughs> then then the fight happened. I don't know yeah. what you're on about. No, without me, Shuichi can't fight. He's too much of a bottom to do anything. He can't hurt anyone. <laughs> oh, oh yeah. you don't understand. You're the one who needs him. He's so much more without you. In fact, we connected on such a deep level. You'll never, ever connect. You can't become one with him. I was inside him and he was inside me. Shahira, what the <laughs> f- <laughs> And then she yeah. just walks away. Well, and this scene right here is why I'm thinking early Chihiro was an act she was doing to be like, oh, I am so innocent. Boys like that, right? Because like yeah. she gets vicious in this scene of like, oh, no, you don't own him. And, and it's worded to be like, oh, honey, I'm so sorry. But the actual words are so cutting. Oh, I'm so sorry. You're you're too different from him. You can't become one. <laughs> what does that mean? And Claire's just sulking the whole way home. And she's like, she's mad at me. <laughs> she's mad at me because I banged another girl. <laughs> she's making mad at me because some other girl rubbed her naked vagina on me. <laughs> 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 and th- this is this is so women dumb. am i right <laughs> oh my what <laughs> this is this is so dumb but i love it uh claire has them go get some uh udon and the udon is uh, kitsune udon that is funny. <laughs> which i thought was freaking hilarious oh no <laughs> oh but they go and uh they go and eat that at the riverside and claire <laughs> Also being entirely unsubtle, asks, so which one of us felt better to have inside of you, her or me? With a uh, suspicious pose. Mm hmm. A lot, lot, of, lot of people rubbing themselves through their pants when discussing other people being in Shuichi. Very odd. I love immediately when Shuichi's like, uh, I, I can't possibly answer. That's, uh, what are you even talking about? And she's like, you know, I'm willing to do something for you. I'm willing to do sex things to you. Just tell me I'm better than her. And I'm like, holy <laughs> shit. You don't understand. Obviously, that's not what actually happened, but it is what actually happened. <laughs> you know, it, it's pretty blatant because like Shuichi is sitting and she's standing. It's just like... Uh, she steps in front of him, grabs his head, and is bringing it near her crotch. Like, I wouldn't mind doing something with you that feels a little better. Well, JK. Haha, <laughs> just kidding. Haha, laugh. Haha. Haha, laugh. laugh. Eat your noodles. They're going to get soggy. Haha, the joke is I would have sex with you. Haha. Because oh, uh, uh, Claire might be a, a bit possessive. Yes. And manipulative. Uh, I don't know. I feel like uh, uh, this might be a uh, trait that runs in the family. Mm-hmm. Uh, we'll get there. Bit. And uh, we uh, we end this chapter with um, <laughs> uh, Elena getting a phone call, and uh, it is uh, Geo calling her. How did you get this number? Oh, I read it from Shuichi's memories. Shuichi doesn't have my number. Oh, yes, he does. Well, kind of not really. There's a U-shaped hole in his memories, and since I was able to objectively view them from the outside while we refused, it kind of let me piece together the hidden backstory that he knew you once and then forgot about you. And he's real sad about it. it it's so much worse than that, Sam. She literally tells this woman over the phone, there's a U-shaped hole in his heart. And Elena starts crying. <laughs> uh-huh. She is, she is distraught. 
There's a U-shaped hole in his heart that he's just filling with random women, including your sister and most recently me. Like very deeply me. Mm -hmm. Oh my <laughs> like god. Like if anyone was possibly going to fill the U-shaped hole in his heart, I'm a pretty close bet. Oh my I, god, I, yes. I just I just love Elena. Like, were you the one who became one with Shuichi? And she's got the same possessive, angry face that Claire did. I, I love how stupid Jero is for calling the enemy and I kept half expecting her because she's just on like a rooftop or something. And I'm like, OK, so she's going to have Vine Lady swoop out of nowhere and kill her because she can track the calls at this point. Like I mm -hmm. I would not be surprised if Jero died right here, but I guess they just did a fusion. So why? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I, I don't well, know. Also, there's been a lot of implication that Elena isn't like she she is a murderer she is willing to kill but she doesn't like it or do it arbitrarily yeah well this is this is really the scene where we get that because um up to this point she really seemed more like a stalker mm -hmm. and it was the thing that actually started uh changing the viewpoint on that and that's actually something that i've noticed is a pretty common thing in glipnir there is a situation presented and you can make some inferences, but there's a lot of missing information. And then someone jumps to a fucking insane conclusion. And the story continues barreling along that path, not even considering any of the other options when it becomes painfully obvious that no, the reality of the situation is not that. And you are heading towards a cliff, uh, which um, everything about Elena is, uh, you know, like this scene is saying that basically because the immediate um, view of her, like I said, is stalker, but it becomes clear from the memories that Chihiro saw that there's more to Elena and Shuichi's relationship than they actually did have a relationship. They knew each other. They were close. In fact, from the memories we see at this point, it looks like they were dating. Yeah, it, it, like we get a text mm -hmm. message log where just only Elena's name is blacked out. And it's like what you would text like a girlfriend. Like it's very personal. Like it's. Mm. Mm -hmm. She said she liked she laughed at this and it was kind of embarrassing. I saw her and she was in a cute outfit. She looked embarrassed when this happened. It is kind of framed like the sniper shot is coming. But what this scene does, which again sort of goes into that idea that Gleipnir presents a situation, then reveals it's not what it first appeared to be. You know, this is where Elena then kind of she kind of explains the plot. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah, Elena kind of lore dumps again. Uh, I I just gotta say, I really I've I've got a few complaints about the art, mainly the fact that it's sometimes really hard to tell characters apart. But um, I did really like this one particular page turn while Chihiro is explaining how she was able to piece together the you know, Elena shaped hole in his memories. Um, what is there's this kind of fuzzy, like, like TV screen view of Elena casually smiling in a school uniform, having a grand old time page turn. Elena half transformed into a monster sobbing, looking disheveled. <laughs> it, it great juxtaposition. Uh, so we get a we get the lore dump about how what do you even want the wish for? And a hundred coins. How many monsters have you found? Each one of those people must have found one coin. Doesn't a hundred seem like an insanely small amount? 
What's to say mm-hmm. someone hasn't already found a hundred coins and made a wish? Mm-hmm. Gained that ultimate power. And then you're like, you're right, Mangaka. A hundred was an insanely low number to make your like long-running shonen battle manga about. Are you still <laughs> trying to make this a shonen battle manga? You're definitely going to try this arc. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I just really like how the uh, the vision in uh, Geo's head of like this theoretical person, uh, all-powerful being who collected a hundred coins and gained the wish, uh, is a is a silhouette of a feminine shape. <laughs> With the boobs half on screen, giant hands reaching down to cr- to grab the world. <laughs> I wonder if these people have complexes. Not you at know? all. They seem like very, very mentally stable, mentally healthy young individuals. Sam, I'm insulted that you would imply anyone in Gleipnir might have some kind of complex or <laughs> trauma that motivates their actions. <laughs> Y'all need therapy. These aren't characters. This is uh, trauma in the vague shape of a human. (laughs) (laughs) It's like someone turned clones of HP Lovecraft into manga characters. Not wrong. So far, nobody has lacked the constitution to do math, but I wouldn't be surprised if it came up. I know about that. (laughs) I I really appreciate that the town did something about that cat problem then. (laughs) That's a dumb joke. Uh, God damn it, Matt. <laughs> this has been um, a pretty intensive uh, return to Gleipnir. <laughs> How about we take a quick break? We've got so much more to talk about in the next uh, in the next bit. And surprisingly, not that much. The standard. We'll be right back after this. Hey, we're back from the break. Sam's indisposed at the moment, but don't worry. Matt's here to bring you back into Gleipnir. Uh, so do we want to talk more about these people crawling up inside each other's guts? I think we need to talk about the JoJo's reference first. Oh, yes. We're our resident JoJo's expert. Who's never yeah. been on a JoJo's episode. Weird how that works out. I, I blocked out from my memory of the time he was. <laughs> <laughs> I just love how they display uh, Shuichi and Claire's immense power by having them order, order, order a tree. And then like, yeah, it's pretty impressive how much they're able to like damage it and then knock it down. But considering the sheer destruction that happened last time, it really feels like they're uh, (laughs) trying. Claire's trying way too hard to be cool. Claire's not the OTP. Mm -hmm. (laughs) She she has been... uh downgraded so, upstaged mm-hmm. supplanted that's the mm-hmm. that's the five dollar word for it that adults use we're not adults here we're reading Glipnir. oh and shuichi also took the oath at one point uh so that's that's a thing to uh, be he, fair they really do just kind of show a panel of him getting a hair necklace mm-hmm. like it's weird. So uh, now he and Claire are a part of the group and will uh, be decapitated if they betray the group. Telescope head Cuckman is uh, <laughs> now going to be even more hostile to Shuichi. But um, in true, totally healthy fashion, instead of directly addressing the beef he has with him, uh, he's like, 
the guy that uh, was killed last time that was your initial contact with our group. It wasn't you that killed him. I just saw your fighting style as you beat up that tree. Our uh, previous comrade was sliced in half. How did he die? And beats me, man. We 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 took him out. Yeah, I got to point yeah. out the the entire time with this crew. I really don't understand why they were dealing with that other guy. That other guy was a creep. Like mm-hmm. he did not fit this group at all. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I, I have to admit, as soon as was, the focus started to steer clear of creepoid, creeper weirder, that just seemed like most of them were just, I don't know, I kind of want to say misfits, if that makes sense, but not. I'm not mis- going to lie. It, because it had been so long, I forgot he was part of their group. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, it, it's weird. This is also when we get the amazing scene where they remember that um, Swordman exists. Swordman, I'm I'm blanking on. Oh, uh, Sanbei. Sanbei. Sanbei exists. And basically they have a scene where it's like, should we tell them about Sanbei? No, don't you remember when we talked with Sanbei? And it cuts to Sanbei. Yeah, don't tell other people about me. That's weird. I'll die for you, Suichi. You're a cool guy, but like other people just weigh you down. <laughs> You guys beat me in a fight, so I respect you, and I'll join you in your cause. But don't assume that I will uh, join up with any other groups that you uh, become a part of, because they have not proven themselves to me in battle. <laughs> Could they prove themselves to you in battle? No, that sounds really time-consuming. I don't want to deal with that. Okay, we'll just keep you secret now. Because, <laughs> mm-hmm. spoiler alert, we don't want to explain why we have a really strong friend. <laughs> yeah. I guess that's spoiler alert. That's the meta reason why Sanbei exists in the background. He'll show up as a trump card at some point or get warfed one way or another. Well, I mean, Claire says it out loud that he's their trump card. I mm. think I'm going to keep making this joke going forward, but um, it's around this point I really got the vibe that the uh, mangaka for Gleipnir does not have an overarching plan and kind of writes bit to bit. Yeah. <laughs> that... Uh, this arc is really, really bad about it. <laughs> I get the feeling that there is an idea. There's a uh, end point they want to reach, but it's a little hazy on the actual getting there, which but then they decided, hey, wouldn't it be cool if I turn this into a shonen battle manga? And they didn't know what to do with that idea. <laughs> what if we battle royale this? Kind of, but they don't this. even. They don't even do that is the thing. It's we're getting into this. This arc's weird. Mm-hmm. Um, basically, they all decide that hey, we all have plotted our map and we realize that all of our coins were found within the path of the spaceship that crash landed. So you know how we were told by this alien that those coins are actually his, like, crewmates from the spaceship he was on? Well, then wouldn't most of them be where the spaceship landed? Hmm, that seems like something everyone should have thought of. We're just thinking of it now. The crash site. Surely nobody else will be waiting there for us as some sort of epic boss atop the mountain. The crew's motivation here, because they they say they're a weak crew and they're Mm -hmm. constantly like, we need to make sure that I I think for some reason, the only reason this makes sense is it must be their leader seems to think there's only 100 coins, because as long as they can get them, they can stop someone with like malevolent ambitions from getting all the coins and making a wish. Because mm-hmm. it's only when Shihiro goes, what if there's more than a hundred coins, and somebody really... and somebody has already requ- acquired a hundred of them? Yeah. 
So I, I think that's the idea. And they're really just because they don't stand a chance against multiple things. So it's like, I, I don't know. They're they're going on a walk to the crater because that's what you got to do. That's what the that's where the plot's going. So that's what we're doing. Yeah, they're heading to the crash ship uh, Metroid Prime up in here. And as they're making their way up the mountain, they find a uh, rock with uh, some skull and crossbones paint on it. And it's like, ah, there must be another crew of monsters here who have marked the edge of their territory. We will now proceed to walk around this because we don't want to get into a fight with these people. Which, but wait, know. Sam, what if that was the trap? Oh, no. Yeah, you see, we're now on an open field and only weaklings would listen to a trail marker. So we've been diverted into a place it's easy to find and they know we were scared of a warning sign. So it makes it makes sense, but it is a little on the contrived. While side. I was reading it, it was perfectly serviceable. Thinking back on it after reading the entire thing, I'm like, wait, that was kind of dumb. Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it feels a little contrived in retrospect. I think that's a fair assessment because, I mean, the thing is, Lightyear is is like 85 percent vibe. Mm -hmm. So it really only needs to work in the moment. The other 15 percent is ass shots. Yes. <laughs> yes, <laughs> it is. And boobs. There's tons of boobs. Oh, yes, yes, yes. Ass and uh, TNA. TNA. Mm hmm. Lots of TNA. We really got to just make a separate podcast for all the hypersexual things we read. <laughs> <laughs> Suggesting this for months. Over manga cast after dark might after this Halloween. Jesus, huh? uh, we might just have to do it. Yeah. Reach out to us if you want us to do. <laughs> Leave your thoughts in the comments section below. Do you want to see over manga cast after dark? If you want to see it, donate to the Patreon we don't have. Send us five dollars in an unmarked envelope. You can find <laughs> us. <laughs> but yes, as they are uh, heading up the uh, the more open trail, uh, they, that's when Claire realizes, wait, we fell for a trap. Let's turn the hell around. And it's like, what do you mean we fell for a trap? I don't trust you at all. And this is Telescope Head Man talking. I don't trust you at all. What do you mean this is a trap? He looks up at a ridge, sees a whole bunch of shadows. Oh, it's a trap. Yeah, let's boogie. But then they don't because Leader Girl is all just like uh, Koyanagi is just. Yeah, but if it's a trap, I mean, everyone's looking for coins. That just means we got to go this way. So we're really good at escaping. So let's go ahead anyway, because <laughs> like, I, well, no, I thought Koy Koyanagi was fine with them retreating once they're in the riverbed. She she was fine with venturing forth into the enemy territory initially because um, they're they're uh, her, good at her escaping. Line's kind of ambiguous. It's basically just they're good at escaping. Yeah. So do they keep going forward while being good at escaping? Because the, the problem is the next chapter has a weird cut to them already encountering one of the enemies. Yeah, I think they, it's specifically it's a it's a speedy guy who caught mm -hmm. up with them. They're, they're in a forest is a thing. So they're clearly in a different scene. Yeah, yeah. They they had turned around and tried to run uh, and they were getting away. But then uh, speedy spider guy gropey man caught them <laughs> i love this character because of how his teammates react to him after this whole thing we're like yeah no he really went too far um really everything he said kind of came off as creepy and i'm like okay mangaka you went too far with this character i got you because he just <laughs> comes onto the scene going like i love raping it, it's gonna... basically his character like 
I'm gonna capture leader girl and start groping her tits. Like it's it's just insane. And then we get the reveal that fighting guy was actually very strong, and Suichi mm-hmm. didn't notice before how strong he'd, he was. He'd been suppressing his power level as Yota takes off his shirt. Well, yeah. no, it's not that he'd been suppressing his power level. It's that Suichi didn't know what strength smelled like before he smelled those other really strong people and was like, oh, no, he's really strong. Mm. Yeah, it was. And then he punches the he punches the lower jaw off of Spider-Man. Yeah, that yeah, that allows them to to flee. But they're like, oh, these guys mean business because uh, Spider-Guy pulls out a severed head of another poor <laughs> that they had captured and killed. Did, then goes did as far it, as to say, I think she's your type of, you see, she seems to be like, uh, you like blondes. She seems to be, you know, your type of lady. Did, Saying did that any, to Yota, yeah. Did anyone spend way too long trying to figure out if we're supposed to know who this head is? Because they, they yeah. show the person that the head came from, but because everyone in this manga looks identical, like they <laughs> look one of five character presets, I couldn't possibly know who blonde-haired ponytail with glasses was. Yeah, I, d- I did the same. I, think, I don't think we were supposed to know that but character. Then, but then why show the flashback? Like, I, d- I don't know. That's just a normal person is the vibe I got. Yeah. Uh, if they're on the mountain, they're probably a collector of some form. So. It- well, I mean, that was their argument, like, is that they shut down anyone who comes that crosses their territory. That was someone who was in over their head and shouldn't have been there. Yeah, but like the problem is that person was killed by the boss. So it wasn't even killed by Spider Guy. So Mm -hmm. it's a weird scene. Everything with Spider Guy is weird. It is. But it has Yota take off his shirt and uh, punch the lower jaw off of Spider-Man, allowing uh, the protag crew to flee. Yeah, because his monster transformation is he's buff. He he he's not even buff. He's he's very scrawny, but he takes off his shirt. He's got his rad tattoos. He's got some rad tattoos and he move fast and punch hard. Yep. (laughs) Yep. So they continue to flee. The mountain bandits uh, catch up with Spider Guy, who is, you know, unconscious in the forest. The leader of the bandits, uh, Madoka Magica. (laughs) Yeah. His name, his name is Madoka. I found this guy interesting because uh, he he fit sort of the mold that a lot of Gleipnir characters have, which is because a lot a lot of this is sort of like how, how much of a violent nature do you have? How much are you willing to give into it? How civilized do you pretend to be? This guy has attained the nirvana of fully embracing the violence. And he also completely cares for his crew. He is a dirtbag murderer, villain man, bandit in the mountains. But but he has loyalty. Like he he is defined by his loyalty to the people mm-hmm. who follow him. He is ride or die. I was about to say he's kind of the opposite of the moral characters we've been introduced about. Like, oh yeah, we're just good people who are becoming sinful because we need to bear the b- burden of others. And that's the lie they're telling themselves as they're like, no, I'm doing bad things because it's getting me what I want. He's not lying to himself at all. He's a dirtbag. But underneath that, the lie he's telling himself is that he's a dirtbag, but he gives a shit about people. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. 
Yeah, because I like really like the scene where they find, you know, Spider Guy with his lower jaw knocked off and all the other bandits are like, eh, he's useless to us now. He probably can't even eat. We should kill him. It'd be a mercy. And Madoka's coming over like, you idiots. Don't you know that I wouldn't let any of my precious com- companions uh, die? Your pain is my pain. And he like reaches up and tears out his own incisor. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like just rips one of his own teeth out and says, now we're going to find the people that beat up our, our poor innocent friend and kill them all. As he transforms into his monster form, which is big gorilla. Hunga bunga. Just big yeah. gorilla. He, <laughs> he, he is a mountain gorilla. With a long tail is mainly why I'm. Mm-hmm. We have to display how powerful he is. So we have a uh, druid boy conjure a big uh, like tree line of uh tall uh sturdy uh trees wow what an amazing no. fortress no one will ever get past that <laughs> madoka immediately snaps the trees in half and punches druid boy in the face sending him uh flying into a wall to collapse and detransform. hey you're the big guy you probably beat up my friend didn't you as he rips one of the trees and turns it into a club and goes to brain him nope that'd be me and then me and okay then i will brain you with the tree smack (laughs) yoda tries so hard to be cool and immediately gets walloped and this is the scene i was mentioning earlier about like what's up with claire Mm -hmm. yeah at the beginning of this she's in her outfit (laughs) and then she's in the swimsuit and then she's inside shuichi and that all must have happened like within a span of seconds like, so she must have shouted to someone, hold on, I need to go and change real quick. Uh, I mean, she's in the swimsuit when they're blowing the tree stand. I might be thinking of the first scene with Madoka then, where he's, like, threatening them, and she jumps in, Suichi, but whatever. Yeah. I, the, this uh, chapter also opens up with a seemingly random flashback of Claire in her uh, school uniform walking home, finding uh, finding some flowers and picking them. Yeah. Yeah, I guess they shoved that in here. Um, so that that might be why you you thought she was like still in the no, normal. No, no, I, 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 yeah, I'm definitely remembering her like hiking outfit, which is the short shorts yeah. and a tank top. So that that's a difference. Uh, one way or another, she uh, she climbs into Shuichi. They're they're gonna like square off uh, to go fight, and like the plan is to have the big gorilla get close enough that I can pull out my gun and shoot him and what do you mean I missed? I I really appreciate this because it's them going, yeah, he's definitely a big threat. He's stronger than we can handle. We're going to have to play this smart and gamble. And then they gamble and immediately lose and get like walloped. I'm like, good. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, that's why, I, that's why I'm going to be honest. I don't get the impression that the manga is trying to present Claire as a genius. She's someone who makes big bets. And I, I'm saying of- I'm saying occasionally she just makes a big genius play and it's like she's not gambling when she like reverse analyzed the footprint pattern to know who was fighting there. Like that's that's her smarter than the entire crowd. That's not her guessing. Like that's what I'm saying mm-hmm. when I say the manga portrays her as a being a genius because clearly she was smarter than everyone else in that room. There's a scene later of of another character. Why I phrase that as her making a making big guess, uh, like making big gambles. When we get a little bit later, I'll I'll explain why I see it the way that I do. It is also kind of important that the protagonists can't die because then the story ends. And that's usually the problem life and death stories bump into. 
conveniently, we're not looking at the protagonists currently. <laughs> well, there is that. Shuichi's uh, crippling self-deprecation aside, it is good to see uh, main characters, uh, you know, making big bets that fail because kind of kind of kills the stakes if if they have a hundred percent win rate on all of their uh, yeah on all of their oh, hail marys. Oh, don't worry, Jacob. They'll unbalance the scale soon enough. Uh, one of the things that I really liked about this encounter is after they whiff the gunshot, uh, Madoka in his big gorilla form takes the gun and is like, hmm, interesting. What happens if I shoot the girl in the motorcycle helmet? And uh, Shuichi orders Claire to get out of the suit so he can detransform. And it's actually it's a decently um, tense panel as uh, the, the gun goops into nothing. Yeah, strictly speaking, Chihiro can die and the plot can continue. Uh, so she doesn't have like main character shields to defend her. So when the hammer is falling <laughs> as the last panel of the page, it's like, oh, is it actually going to happen? And then the gun, you know, goops in his hand because uh, she managed to get out of him so he could uh, reverse the transformation in time. But uh, yeah, decently uh, tense little action sequence there. Uh, but by now, uh, Shuichi has detransformed and the rest of the bandits are here. Oh, no. Madoka gives them a uh, perfectly reasonable ultimatum, though. Uh, as far as as far as characters in Gleipnir go, this is uh, as close to reasonable as uh, anyone's gotten thus far, which is uh, saying something. Listen, I like your gumption. You can collect coins for me. However, you did beat up one of my boys. And as compensation for that slight, one of you has got to die. So go ahead, pick your sacrifice. I'll kill him. You don't got to worry about that part. Rest of you join my crew. We'll be square. I love how Claire just immediately jumps up going like, hold on, question. Uh, you did like batter two of our guys. If one of them is dead, can we just use them as a sacrifice? Braid not, sweetheart. Though, good question. You, you got a sharp mind there. You are now exempt from the sacrifice pool. Rad. Okay, so who are we picking for a sacrifice? <laughs> hey, 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 weird uh, camera cuckold guy. Is it a, are you on board with finding a sacrifice? It does make sense to have a sacrifice. Good job for volunteering. What? <laughs> <laughs> of course, only the people who agree with this plan to have a sacrifice happen would be would be people we would sacrifice. Mm -hmm. And everyone else had already before that point said they weren't going to do that. And Claire said that she would, but she was also just exempted from the pool. Yes. How convenient that was. She completely and, plays him. Yeah. At which point Madoka is just like, girly, you're great. You're just like us. A piece of shit. You'll fit in great. And again, that's why I really like Madoka. He's, he's supremely sure of himself. Because he does not care about morality. He doesn't want to think of himself as a good person. He embraces being a dirtbag and being the most loyal dirtbag of them all. See, but that's the thing I really like about this is it sets up that he's wrong. Mm -hmm. Claire isn't the same type of dirtbag they are. Claire is actually a dirtbag deep down, <laughs> willing to do what it takes to be like the villain. He's not which is what is their whole conflict and what leads to his downfall is mm -hmm. Claire's <laughs> willing to be the villain. And he's just like, no, I'm just a dirtbag. Like he's, he's heart of gold and that gets him killed. 
Like, yep. Claire is actually worse. There's the thing, though. Claire is a different kind of dirtbag than he is because he's willing to be, uh, Mm -hmm. you know, like violent and and I mean, like she's violent and kills, too. But the thing uh, for Claire is whether or not push came to shove, she'd actually be willing to sacrifice someone. She wasn't put in the position where she has to answer that question. She did everything she did, knowing what the reaction of everyone else would be. She never planned on the sacrifice coming up in the first place. All of that was designed to set up the plan that she ultimately goes with, which the key is the way in which Claire is a dirtbag is she's a manipulative is that she's manipulative. She uses people. And here kind of ties into the whole like the exact meaning of betraying the group. Uh, may very well matter for the hair thing because Claire manipulated the entire group, but she also did it to save everybody. So she sees it as helping, even if she's betraying their trust in a sense. Always good to have Jacob on the pod to defend the blonde haired woman. I I really appreciate this. (laughs) Listen, (laughs) no, no, I'm, I'm sure she's a good person deep down. Yep. That's, that's the reason. Deep down in them guts. Whoa, 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 whoa. She is a saint. (laughs) You will not besmirch her name. (laughs) I don't know if that's what Jake is arguing. I think he's agreeing with the assumption that Claire is a villain. Just, oh boy, she is. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Look, 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 look. That doesn't change the fact that she's blonde. Fair. True. Yeah, let's let's get over the conclusion to this arc, because um Mm. I I didn't like it, but (laughs) it's definitely it, it is something. You remember those flowers that Claire uh, picked in the random flashback? It turns out she still got them on her. In a, in a, in a quart-sized Ziploc baggie, which just... Where has she been keeping that? I don't think you need to know the answer to that question. Don't Continue reading. You don't need the answer to. Yep. I, it's, it's not like a small amount either. It's like... Yeah, the, the problem here is the fact that she has this. Mm-hmm. The actual method is clever, but like, why did why did she have that? For what purpose? Like, especially because we're beating around the book. She has a bag of oleander flowers, which she kind of does your very shonen battle manga thing, where she reads like a scientific fact trivia blurb about it. Like, did you know that most people have this very pretty flower, but it's actually a very highly potent toxin but only only if you burn the plant it makes toxic smoke fun fact so So, i had druid boy use the bit of the flower that i had to create this huge field of it and now i'm sure you can tell where this is going i'm going to set fire to it when the wind is going to blow the smoke down towards our enemies and we'll make a run for it i shoot i do appreciate that this plan hinges on the fact that wind never changes directions in the mountains (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> like, like oh no suddenly it shifted we're all dead like uh yeah she she gambles and <laughs> wins hard on this one mm-hmm. uh yeah so they a uh, druid boy makes a big grove of flowers they light it up and basically gas the entire enemy team and the whole gamble she was doing was that if um if madoka just kept charging he would get out of the blast range and be able to attack them. Like, he's too close. He wouldn't die of the poison. The problem is, Madoka, deep down, is a good guy who spends time helping his, like, like the his boys. Helping his crew. Yeah, mm-hmm. and that kills him. 
So he died because he did the right thing. And I'm like, Gleipnir, there you go. That's that's the more <laughs> you're teaching. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the, Don't be a chump. The, the interesting thing here uh, from a character development standpoint for our protagonists or prospective characters, as Shuichi, I'm sure would prefer to be called, is uh, Shuichi comes over and he's not fully on. He's not fully uh, bought into what the plan is. He just knows that it's going to be something like awful because it's a Claire plan. And he's like, is there anything I can help with? No, good boys like you shouldn't do terrible things like this. No, I don't think you understand I want to help get everybody out of here, even if it's something terrible. I am trying to protect our team. I am choosing to be an active participant in whatever this is, because it's what gets us out of here. And I, I, I won't I won't sideline myself, which, again, it's nonlinear, but it is character growth. <laughs> I'm tired of letting you carry all of our sin. Yeah, I could I could have done without the fact they repeatedly mentioned, like, carrying all of the sin. And mm-hmm. unfortunately, Gleipnir keeps that as like a running theme going forward. <laughs> it's yes. very heavy handed. <laughs> It it is yeah I I, I could have stand uh, stood to have it be less overtly shouted but eh, overall I Gleipnir is overt in everything it does to be fair but yeah yeah there there are I cases just... where I I will often praise a series for wearing its metaphors on its sleeve but that's usually in the case where it wears a simple metaphor on its sleeve and then has something beneath the surface Gleipnir definitely has layers to it but. It does have a bad habit of saying it all out loud, which is taking that idea a bit too far. I'm I'm just saying when how effective we see just committing a war crime is, you would think this very easy plan could just be repeated going forward. Like <laughs> one one of the crew has a gas mask on. Like just all get gas masks. Who knows that it won't be? <laughs> I doubt that. We we haven't read uh, another huge team battle yet. It definitely can't be because this was Deus Ex Machina and it, it's it wasn't Deus Ex Machina because it wasn't an outside force, but it was the bag being there was dumb, but it didn't need to be there. So it's not mm. I didn't like this resolution. It's really where I'm coming from here. The problem is the problem is, Claire, why, why did she have the bag in the first place? Like, that's ultimately Claire, what the problem. Claire, is. Why did Claire, why did you randomly pick those oleander flowers walking home? Because she knew the guy had the power to be a druid, and she knew that oleander flowers could be burned. Or unless maybe she had them because she was planning. The problem is, it's a poison that only works when it's like ignited. So it's not yeah. like she was planning to secretly poison someone. Because how? Hey, smoke this cigarette I made out of oleander. Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think it's just something that she just had some kind of resourceful knowledge about and just, you know, picked it up to have just in case. Claire just keeps poison on her at all times, I guess. She she strikes me as that type of chick. I don't know. Except, except I I hate to tell you this, when your entire thing is I have a bunch of stuff hidden on my person and your outfit is literally like a sheer, like short shorts and a tank top or a swimsuit. Like A a swimsuit so tight we can see her belly button. Like yeah. it's it's skin tight attire. She's not hiding anything on her person. Like, mm-hmm. God forbid she forgets she has it and like <laughs> gets reabsorbed. Shuichi starts like absorbing it when it's inside him. Like uh, it's just I don't know if this is true, but it felt like 
they were written into a corner of how do we deal with this giant force? But mm. yeah, yeah, I, actually, I, I felt that too. It also feels like they need her to do a big war crime so that you know Claire is a bad person because we need to remind you that this isn't a shonen battle manga. Claire is a bad person. So let's have her commit a war crime. Well, the 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 point therein is the idea that Shuichi is participating too. Yeah. yeah. Like that's the that's the reason why Claire needs to commit a war crime. We we've already had Shuichi commit to doing violence, so I don't think gassing an entire crowd of people is really there's a scene that happens later that I think is much more impactful. And really, you don't need this. at the. I guess there is something to be said that the responsibility is there, but like. Eh, it it's not as good as like the first time Claire forces Suichi to murder per, a person like this hmm. is this is I, like what four or five times. Yeah, yeah, this is Suichi going like. Oh man, my girlfriend's gonna set off a chlorine gas canister. Oh man, wouldn't it be like weird if I did it with her? And we, if we both turned the gas knob and kissed? Wow, <laughs> wouldn't that be weird? <laughs> Suddenly I'm getting uh, Netflix Death Note vibes, and I don't know how to feel about it. <laughs> oh, Jacob, it gets so much better. You should totally come down the rabbit hole that is like crime dramas. That is couples murder? <laughs> Yeah, like crime dramas. There's crazy crap on right now. Yeah, it gets weird. I am so glad I'm a hermit. Well, the good news is this is accessible from the safety of your home. Where you don't need to be around danger, violently dangerous people. You can just be exposed to their ideas on our screen. <laughs> the magic of the modern world. Send and help. Anyway, Claire is talking to the alien because we need uh, more people unwilling to take responsibility for the uh, mass amounts of death that are happening. Yeah, yeah I'm going to be honest. I got a little confused here because the manga keeps flip flopping between characters. I can barely tell the difference between all talking to the alien in flashbacks. Mm -hmm. And um, yeah, here's where we get to the flashback. And it's not clear when the timing takes place either. Like, I, I'm assuming these are sequential in order of <laughs> appearing, but I'm not sure. I, I don't mm -hmm. know. Mm -hmm. Elena talking to the alien is like cool shove effect cut between panels of the protag crew still hiking in the mountains. So because she also talks about the fact that Claire and Shuichi know who she is, <laughs> which uh, is great because the alien is like, oh, hey, your little sister stopped by. <laughs> you told them that, didn't you? I mean, I'm just an impartial uh, mediator in this. Oh, yeah, yeah, because yeah, I don't I don't have any responsibility. I'm just handing out all these guns. Isn't it fun to watch all these children shoot each other? <laughs> You're all coming up with such interesting and unique ways to use this power. It's so fun to watch. Isn't it's it like, fascinating? It's like the battle manga I keep reading. <laughs> yeah. So if I just kill you, all this stops, right? Well, no, not really. It won't undo anything that's already been done. And all the people who have powers are still out there. So if that would really make you feel better and Elena just detransforms and starts crying and the aliens just stand in their smug as can be and I fucking hate him I, hey Elena I, I hate to break this to you if you kill him you stop it from progressing because clearly he's still selling guns uh huh that being said can you kill him is the that's the other question yeah yeah I don't know alien is still the best character 
I can't be convinced otherwise. Says they're at equal power, but I think he's lying because he's he's probably lying. <laughs> he he also threatens to d basically destroy the entire city if anybody uh, pisses him off too much. So during the flashback. Yeah. So I think Elena could probably destroy the city is the thing like she's pretty strong. Mm -hmm. So I, I, I don't know. Well, we've not we've not seen Titans clash yet. The closest we've gotten is uh, like perfect fusion Shuichi against uh, not Gara over there. I mean, that mm -hmm. looks like that could level a city. I'm going to be honest. Yeah, what, yeah. What like oh, that, yeah. That's the that's the closest we've come to a true clash of Titans in this series. And it was one of them was incomplete and the fight didn't finish. So. But um, yeah, let's let's hop into the manga deciding that they're going to take Shuichi's advice that he isn't the protagonist and start giving us flashbacks from characters we haven't met yet. point of view, which um, I, I always love in manga or in fiction in general. <laughs> I, I was so confused, but like in a funny way, because a group of randos finds the crash site. They're like, yeah, let's go get those coins. Let's go. Whoa. And then because we haven't had enough just naked women in this reading yet, a random ghost lady hits out, just shows up. And then there's a dude with long hair. And he's like, hey, you guys can't go there and get those coins. Well, you're just one guy. We're a bunch of other monster guys. We'll kick your ass. Oh, good. You are bad guys. I guess that makes it okay for me to kill you. Let me summon my stand. Naked girl with buster sword. Well, he, he specifically says something that I think is kind of important. He's just like, I've already decided I was going to kill you. I don't like killing any more good people. Uh, yep. So I'm happy to have the retroactive justification that you guys are also violent. This definitely proves that I am the most stable and ordinary one of us all. I'm the real protagonist. Yes, indubitably. But can't you tell by his hair? His protagonist hair. Here's the thing. Because of his hair, I confused him with the guy on Elena's team who also has like blonde <laughs> spiky hair. Oh, yeah, point, that guy. To the point, I thought Elena's team had made it to the crash site and were stopping other people. And I'm like, OK, is that his power? But then we cut to that guy relaying this story to Elena's team. And it's just like, wait, no. So he's telling a story about this guy who looks like him. Mm -hmm. I was, it's, oh, Mangaka learned to draw five different faces. I don't. <laughs> <laughs> That's too hard. Uh, no. I don't know how to draw faces. I'm, I'm just being a critic on the internet. <laughs> <laughs> Glass houses and stones. Yeah, no, I mean, I, I'm not going to lie. There are a lot of cases where characters are uh, in, in, a lot of mangas are really only differentiated by uh, either a hair or clothing feature. So, so the fact these two both have kind of like puffy blonde hair of about the same length, it is styled differently to be it's, fair, but it's styled differently combined with the fact that they dress differently enough that I could, I could tell them apart with scene juxtaposition, but it's not an invalid criticism to but here's the things. Jacob, the scene transitions, so he could have just got out of the clothes that got ruined in the fight he was just in. Like it, I forgot Goku in training clothes and Goku without them are two different characters. <laughs> <laughs> yes, they are completely different characters. To, to be fair, they are different characters in the in the games, but that's because <laughs> the games just love having nineteen different Gokus. <laughs> oh, only nineteen. 
you sweet summer child. I think BT3's record was 25. <laughs> 25 whole Gokus. This is the worst timeline. <laughs> but yeah, um, not Kaido, uh, geometric design shirt man with other <laughs> spiky hair. His fucking shirt. He's like, hey, Lana, you gonna tell us about your dark backstory? Hey, Lana, you know the weird guy up at the top of the mountain defending the craft site, don't you? Hey, Lana, tell us your story, tell the story, tell the story. And she's just like, no, we'll flashback about it, though. No, I'm not going to tell you, but the audience will be told somehow from mm-hmm. the villain's perspective. Like, I... I I, I just hate it when a manga decides to randomly give me other characters flashbacks that none of the characters I follow know anything about. So me knowing this information doesn't. I guess you can create dramatic irony, but the problem is this manga doesn't do that with it. So it's like, eh. <laughs> yeah. So, oh, we also learn because like um, the main group uh, is getting ready to uh, turn back and head back down the mountain because it's like, okay, so we escaped those guys. We're all pretty exhausted. Let's head home. Hey, what happened to Voyeur Telescope Man? So we're going to all head home and not ask any questions. I I don't know. At this point, I think the manga is setting him up to have betrayed the group, but in a way that does. He might justify it in his own heart that you know, getting his totally justified vengeance against uh, Shuichi. Isn't betraying the group at large or something like that. Which, which someone pointing out the hypocrisy of that insta-killing him would not shock me for Gleipnir doing. Claire wants to keep pressing forward, but uh, especially because if we go back now, if any of the bandits survived, because we didn't stay behind to check for bodies, obviously, in the toxic smoke... They know our faces. They can hunt us down in town. Do we really want to go back now when we don't have enough coins for the wish? And it's here where Chio finally says, hey, did you ever consider there might be more than 100 coins and someone might already have 100? So we're going to turn back now. Yeah, because I'm, I'm saying this team has a terrible plan because their plan was let's hike up the mountain and find the other 89 coins we need. Hmm. Oh, man, we're going to get eight times as many coins as we've done over the six months of being a team in one day. Well, I mean, that's why they broke down how many years at this point they had like, what, 20 something coins. And how many years would it take for us at the rate that we are currently going? Yeah, I guess they are aware. I I don't know. (laughs) Like, but the problem is they know how outclassed they are is the other thing. Like, I I don't know. But uh, they quickly, because Chihiro was like, hey, there might be even more coins than that. So um, I think we're better off fighting the people who come after us rather than going into the murder death pit that is the top of the mountain. (laughs) And they're all like, good point. (laughs) We are still like 50 levels shy of that. We are going back. And we have more of Shuichi's um, nonlinear character growth, where when he's walking home with Claire... Uh, he's like, so do you think any of the bandits got away? Well, I don't know. And it's going to be a little scary until we can find out one way or another. Yeah, you're right. And that's kind of why I wish, I hope they all died. Because otherwise we're going to be living in fear that those guys will come after us. So. This is the most milk toast. I'm a bad boy. <laughs> like, oh, man, I hope the people who are actively coming after us to kill us, if they were dead, that'd be better for us. Yes, Pretty- because they're not actively trying to kill you. Like, y- yep, you're a bad boy. Good job. Like, cool boy. Like, I don't. Claire is like she has a moment of emotional of emotional vulnerability where she like 
She's like, oh, no, poor sweet summer child. I have corrupted you. I have stained your hands with blood. And now this truly is beginning to affect me. Uh, I'm sorry for getting you all wrapped up in this. But now I need to go and put my cool facade, uh, my uncaring facade back on. So uh, how about we go out tomorrow and see a movie? Don't we have baddies after us? Right. We'll rent a movie and we'll watch it at my place. And then we'll. That sounds completely cool. And I'm on board. Wait, no, I'm going to disagree with that for some reason. (laughs) Why Why would we do that? Why wouldn't we? And why did you transform when I said that? Shut up. Haha, <laughs> uh-huh. I was just kidding. Haha. Uh-huh. <laughs> no, she does not. Yeah, she doesn't. I was just kidding that one. She's just mad. Why wouldn't you do it with me? You did it with Helmet Girl, Baka. Start storming off. <laughs> I was about to say the I'm was, I was just kidding was the like, oh, that, well. That was last time. No, I'm saying the I... It was implicitly there in that her reaction was, I was just trying to get you to give a positive reaction so I could be upset that you banged Chihiro. Is It's not a genuine offer, is the thing. Mm. Like, it's, no, I'm still mad about mm. other girl, is the deal. She's still possessive. Yeah. She's possessive. tugging on the string she can control him by. Why are guys so complicated? T- why doesn't he want to watch a movie and then fuck? Netflix like- and chill. Mm-hmm. Yes. And then uh, <laughs> I love how the rest of this chapter is uh, Shuichi's uh, resolution that I hope all those bandits died immediately challenged as soon as consequences come a knocking. Yeah. Because he, he goes to school the next day and one of the upperclassmen didn't show up or the next day or the next day. And he's like, oh, no, that indiscriminate mass killing I did. Oh, no. Had consequences. You know, this is the reason why I don't. I I like the direction Shuichi's character is going because it is milk toast. Like that's kind of the point. He he had no spine. He had no identity. So he's trying to play a part, and then oh no, consequences, and he immediately starts shrinking back into his comfort zone because he can't handle it. Of course, it's nothing uh, substantive. He's never done anything before. Also, get this. It's way easier to kill when you're not looking at the victim. Just setting fire to something you know will cause dangerous smoke that could kill people and watching it drift away. Way easier to do than actively watching the face of somebody that you are in the process of ending the life of. Also, it was his friend Mm -hmm. is the thing. Yeah, Yeah, that's also yeah, that's also an important factor. Yeah, so uh, it, it's it's a combination of all of those factors, uh, or it's a it's a combination of oh wait a minute the direct consequences of what I did oh and it was someone I knew and was friends with oh no wait why would my friend who is such a chill guy be with those murderous mountain bandits no no sh- surely I'm just correlating things this this isn't actually what happened he's probably just sick or something hey did you hear about that burned body they found in the trenches outside town yeah dental records say it might be our upperclassmen oh no well and then conveniently um one of the mountain bandits uh sword man we didn't mention him but he was like madoka's right hand man he shows up and is like i'm here to avenge my leader who died saving my companions from the fiery uh death freckle scroll created Oh, cool. Did you happen to know this guy? What? Yeah, he was a part of our group. Hmm. That doesn't make any sense. He was a chill guy. Guess he didn't really know on them. Okay, then I'll tell you. I lit the fire. Oh. Mm. Well, Mm. I mean, we still really want to kill the girl who was with you. Hold on. Can I take a phone call? (laughs) (laughs) 
Just well, out of the blue, I was just like, are you serious right and, now? And the guy who like got basically walloped and is just like, just go ahead and kill me. So it's like, no, go ahead. Take the call. It's fine. <laughs> Phone calls. And then it's, just like, it's, uh, it's Claire. And she's just like, yeah, so um, how's it going? She's <laughs> like, hey, babe, I'm in the middle of something right now. Hold on. Is that her? Is she at the school without you protecting her? I'm going to go kill her now. And he's just like. Oh no, do you need me to help resolve this? Nah, I'm solving it. And then just on the phone, shoots the guy in the back as he's running to go kill Claire. Mm -hmm. And like, this is the scene I was talking about that's so much more impactful and shows like the conviction. I mean, this was a really cool scene. I liked this where he's on the phone going like, nope, I'm actually making the decision. This isn't a heat of the moment thing. This is a pragmatic, this is better for everyone if he's gone mm -hmm. kind of deal. Yeah. yeah. Someone has to be the adult in this room. And it's not it's not anybody in this room. <laughs> <laughs> no. But uh, yeah, so he he ganks him. And then this is interspersed with the big flashback, which I think is partly from the aliens perspective. This first section gives us a taste of what the flashback is going to be about. And that part is the uh, aliens perspective. But after uh, after the scene with uh, Shuichi. Uh yeah, dear listener, I'm just going to forewarn you right now. Uh, this next arc's confusing to describe. Um, there's a lot of flashbacks. We will do our best. Also, it introduces like four more characters. Yeah, I, yeah, a whole bunch of characters we've not met before or we've met and don't remember the names of. If a manga has over four characters, I don't remember the names of anybody. Yeah. <laughs> Hanako is the first one that we get introduced to because she's the one that's uh, speaking with the alien. She's also the first person to find a coin. Yeah. Yeah. She is by all, Yeah. She is the first one to find a coin and find the alien. So really, it's all her fault. But because <laughs> um, we find out later that the kind of rundown how she's living at is next to the seedy motel that the alien lives at. Mm hmm. And she's also the one who has the entire idea for a battle royale. It's kind of weird how much Honoko is to blame for the current. Like we had those flashbacks of like, ah, yes, yeah, so the alien's doing it because he likes manga. But no, it's Hanako is just like, no, wouldn't that be really cool? Well, that actually is another case where uh, the manga presents something. A conclusion is jumped to. And this is a case where actually we, the audience, are the ones who do it. And then it's revealed that it is at once more complicated and more simple than that, because we were all convinced that the whole battle royale and the coins being the crewmates thing was all complete BS. And the alien was like planning to terraform the planet or something like I remember that distinctly being one of our theories. And no, he's just lazy and doesn't like his crewmates. That's mm -hmm. the reason why he didn't do it himself. Uh, and he says that in a private moment. So I'm, I'm inclined to believe it. I think last time we kind of did a whole thing about like, oh, what if they're actually like a demon and he's going for people's souls and he's just pretending to be an alien? He still might be pretending to be an alien, but I don't I don't know. The monologue he goes on about how my people have been trapped in their stasis so long they no longer know what it's like to dream is just so generically space alien for a manga that I I kind of have abandoned my earlier hopes that it's actually a demon with soul coins. <laughs> mm. But yeah. Um, so basically, Hanako is just like, hey, I found this coin. Oh, yeah, that's one of my friends. I'm an alien. I can turn into a penis monster. That's Good really weird. I, that, is, I, that is what an alien looks like. Yep. That is indeed. 
to be fair, that's actually just what cartoon aliens look like in like children's cartoons in Japan is octopus men. Yep. I mean, they're pretty weird looking. I give them that. Yeah. And basically the whole thing is she's just talking with him like, yeah, manga's really cool. Hey, I got an idea. Since you're willing to give out wishes because you know, they just do a huge lore dump about the aliens that I really didn't think was necessary. <laughs> yeah, it, it feels like an extension of the nano machine son that we got that explained the monster transformations from last time. Like a sort of quick reminder in case you forgot with all the random shonen bullshit that happened. Yeah, and like the whole thing is Hanako's just like, hey, I think you should find your friends because it's bad to be alone. So I've got some friends here. I'll show you a picture of all of them. Remember this for later. If you're me, you won't. Here's a picture of all my friends, including Shuichi and Elena and that murderer boy. Yeah, I was about to say, if you remember, it's that dude who could be either Elena's friend or the guy at the top of the mountain. He's wearing a different outfit. It could be a third person. <laughs> it could. They're all good people. And I have uh, a wish, and I've got an idea. Since you're just giving out wishes for coins, you should make a vending machine where people can put their coins in for wishes. And he's just like, that makes a lot of sense. Except I think the exchange rate on this is really bad. So after your wish, I'm going to let other people have wishes for 100 coins. Mm -hmm. You should establish that at some point. Maybe in a future flashback. I don't know. But maybe. Maybe. Yeah, that, that's the whole thing. So Hanako has a wish. Mm -hmm. She has a wish, and we're not told what it is. Instead, we cut to uh, Kaito, who is having his own flashback in his lonely mountain vigil, uh, where he is looking at a picture of, you know, the group of friends on his phone. He's like, I am the protagonist of this story, and the ending has already been written. And I'm like, o okay, dude. <laughs> edgy he is, boy. He, he, he is overdramatic edgy boy. And I, mm -hmm. <laughs> I don't think you're supposed to take him seriously. Ah, uh, I think the flashback leads me to believe you are taking him seriously to an extent. You're supposed to take him seriously as a physical threat. as a physical threat, but you're not supposed to take his nonsense seriously. Like the whole the whole reason why he's a problem is because he's an edgy bitch who takes himself too seriously. That's ultimately what the problem was from the very beginning. I don't know at this point, considering w where we get with his backstory. That so we open up with his flashback, which is he's walking home with one of the other boys from the picture, the one that isn't Shuichi. I don't think we ever learned this guy's name actually he has a name i don't know he's the one in the cloak with uh elena uh with elena's group i'm pretty sure he, i'm pretty sure he is they established that no these people weren't friends in high school which is what i was wondering going like wait no how how does shuichi have different friends then because this is it's in middle school there's like a uh it's it's, it's essentially it, summer school it's, it's supposed it's to be a cram school but it's really a daycare yeah, because because they're out at like the creek playing. It's like they're not mm -hmm. cramming. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> not schoolwork. That they it, it's revealed that they're all from like different neighborhoods and different schools, but this like summer school happened to be in like equidistant enough of a central. Yeah, they're they live in rural towns. Yeah, so they all met there and became friends. It's kind of implied that it's a cram school that's cheaper than a daycare, which implies mm -hmm. they're also all from like lower income families. Mm -hmm. Yeah, which I don't think jives completely with Hanako's backstory, but no, it's it's Ayako. It's Ayako who's the one where that's 
Aiko's family has money, but everyone else is poor, so it makes sense that they'd go to this fake cram school that's really just a daycare center. I yeah. guess Ayako's mom and dad both have careers is why. Yeah, it's also implied Aiko, considering what happens to Aiko, it's kind of implied that her uh, family doesn't care about her very much. I don't think we have enough information to know that. Not we're not given the whole story because there's there's implications that that she has a loving home. There's also implications that she has a uh, uh, parents who aren't present in her life. Uh, Hanako and uh, her boyfriend are the two who knew her the best. Brown hair boy uh, was dating Aiko, and he mentions that she had been acting strange lately. Uh, and so Kaito's like, "Weird. What do you mean?" Uh, well, sometimes it seems like she's a different person. I don't know what's going on, but it's weird. Hey, you know, it has been a while since we've had the whole gang back together. We should all meet up after a quick flashback of them, you know, playing in the creek during uh, <laughs> ostensibly summer school. Uh, it's like, yeah, yeah, let's all meet up again. That that sounds like it would be fun. All right. So we've got you and me and we've got Aiko here and. She doesn't seem that different. She's still peppy and full of energy, smiling and happy. And oh, hey, Shuichi and Elena showing up at the same time. Yeah, this is where it's it's very strongly implied that Suichi and Elena are dating. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, they don't they don't say it outright, but it's pretty clear. Mm-hmm. They don't say it like Aiko and her boyfriend. So I guess they're not official. But man, do they? Yeah, it is everything but by all appearances. It's like, hey, so we're all hanging out. We're all catching up. Uh, where's Hanukkah? She's not here. Huh? Yeah, I haven't really been able to get into contact with her. And uh, then brown haired boy is like, yeah, look, I couldn't find a good moment to bring this up. But um, her dad went to jail for murder and her mom ran out on her and she was forced to move and live with family far away. So it's kind of impossible to get a hold of her right now. I'm sorry. What? <laughs> Why do I know nothing about what's going on? Well, Kaito, you're actually in a good school, so you're constantly studying. You actually don't know anything about what's going on in life. Oh, yeah, that makes sense. (laughs) I think the implication is supposed to be that Kaito is self-centered considering his protagonist syndrome, so... Yeah, yeah. I mean, he also says, why aren't we studying? We didn't do any studying. I'm glad I could move to a different school where I could actually get studying done. Like, yeah, that's why he's self-centered is because he's focused on studying like he's mm, focused on yeah. achievement it's not like he was just dicking around masturbating like cut coon <laughs> <laughs> but uh it's like as they're all kind of glumly standing about after this uh dangerous piece of information is revealed it's like aiko is kind of playing with her own hair and <gasps> a dramatic zoom in on the eye kaito has noticed something what's going on Anyway, why why are we being so glum? It's a shame Hanako can't make it, but let's let's have a fun day, everybody. Yeah, we'll, we'll go to karaoke. Why did she do that very specific tick that Hanako always did? Uh, also, just me thumbing through the manga as we're doing this, I did actually notice they did establish that that was a ha- uh, one of Hanako's habits before this point. Uh, I was going to complain about that being an informed character trait, but no, they actually... I also missed that, so... Uh, it was during uh, talking with the uh, alien when she was uh, oh. saying you could grant wishes. Oh, yeah, I totally missed that. I did first read through too as well. OK, and that's how like because I thought they had established her playing with her hair tick in the scene where it was relevant. Ah, I see. I see. Yeah, I thought the same thing, but. 
Okay, no, uh, I, I had legitimately missed that on my read. Kaito, who boy, this this man, he... Um... So he, here's the thing. He has this really bad habit of leaping to insane conclusions based off yep. of uh, incomplete information. What was that you mentioned earlier, Jake? <laughs> about about uh, Claire, the reason I say that she takes high-risk bets, even when it comes to uh, detective work, he correctly guesses that we have like a, a you know body swap situation he was he lucked out on being right on that that required some supernatural shit he did not know existed mm-hmm. <laughs> and uh he will continue to make incredibly high risk deductive guesses and uh they won't all be correct <laughs> isn't it implied he found the alien on his own uh, he looks for the alien because he thinks that uh, a body swap happened. He's he is flying by the seat of his pants. <laughs> he tails Iko air quotes because it's really uh, Hanukkah. He is correct that it's a body swap, but he tails her back to the alien's place and then confronts the alien after she leaves, at which point the alien's like, oh, yeah, no, that's totally what happened. Hanukkah is transformed into Iko. It, it was her wish. I will provide no further context and allow you to come to your own conclusions. Obviously, it was a murder! I mean, to be fair, that doesn't necessitate supernatural thing. Like, it, they haven't seen each other in a few years. It could literally be she... She's she like, could have, like, plastic surgeryed herself and... Uh, maybe not even, like, just dyed her hair and it's like... Because mm. uh, Kaito's completely removed from how... So, so it, it does make sense that he would tail her to try to confirm his suspicions. Yeah. It could literally just be everyone saying they have no idea what's up with Hanako. And he's just like, then why is she acting like Hanako? Like, there, there's something not being told to him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He, he does learn by confronting the alien. It's like, yeah, uh, that's what happened. Uh, Hanako transformed into Aiko. Uh I'm really sick of explaining this whole alien thing, so uh, all you kids piss off and stop bothering me. He transforms into a big murder monster to try to intimidate them. It's pretty freaky. Is it the same murder monster that that one guy transforms when they fight with um, Sanbei? It definitely looks similar. It looks like, yeah. It's also the same murder monster that's at the end of our reading. So, like, I, I I don't know. They reuse character designs for the mooks which I mm. think is what the, uh, they're actually meaning when you're not really sure what you wished for. You become kind of this amorphous blob. Yeah, yeah, that's similar to the alien. It's like you wish for power. OK, this mm-hmm. is this is what power means to me, the alien. Mm-hmm. And because it's not like genie wishes. It's like a dude doing things. Yeah. So Kaito managed to get, you know, everybody except Hanako, Aiko there uh, for the explanation <laughs> and uh brown hair boy shuichi and elena are like okay i'm still trying to process the entire alien thing what's going on she definitely killed and replaced aiko hold on a second that seems like a really insane conclusion to immediately leap to with minimal context yeah kaito don't go making insane conclusions you might not like the road it goes down wait wait a second (laughs) i mean it makes sense i know that uh I know that uh, Hanako is into you, brown-haired guys, so she would be jealous of Aiko and kill and replace her because Aiko was also rich and had and had like a family. And Hanako lived up, uh, was poor, and you know we found out didn't have her family. It all makes sense, I guess. But like, and it's at this point the rest of the friend group becomes really reticent, and it's just like, look, 
I get that you're right. And because this is a supernatural situation, we're not going to be able to like tell authorities easily about this. Look, man, can't we just, can't we just move on? Can't we mm-hmm. just drop it. And like, that's so insane <laughs> to say, unless you have the galaxy brain that all the friend group, except for Kaido has where they knew. Uh, Kaito goes to confront uh, Hanukkah at the old school where she is having uh, lunch over the grave of Aiko. And it's like, is that where you buried her? And he manages to basically ask all the questions of, did you kill her without actually saying those words? And so, of course, she responds. Yeah, there's there's some unfortunate question and answering going on here because it's mm-hmm. essentially, um, is this where you buried her? Oh, yeah. Well, what are you going to do? I forget the middle one, but it essentially comes down to just like, well, there's nothing I can do about it. She's gone now. Uh, he he wants her to go back to being Hanako. Mm-hmm. And she says, it's too late. I can't. She's already gone. And that's when he loops a noose over her neck and hangs her. Or uh, I, wait, no, he doesn't. He, hang her. he, he uh, strangles her and then. Yeah, he garrots he, her. He hangs the body afterward to make it look like a suicide. Directly over the other body of. Ico, so no one will suspect anything. <laughs> mm-hmm. That's almost certainly not what happens, but that's just my head. <laughs> They'll just think there was an accidental dupe in the Matrix. <laughs> oh man, she died and dropped two corpses. Well, weird. What are you gonna do? And it's there. That's when... a weird glitch. Mm. And it's someone brown-haired boy who his name is Naoto. <laughs> I finally remembered it. He goes to speak with Kaito, and he's like. So Aiko is dead. Imagine that. Yeah, I heard it was a suicide. I'm sorry for your loss. And it's like uh, Kaito is like, yeah, I, I made it look like that. So I'm uh, I'm not surprised to hear this. And that's when Nato says she left a note. I'm sorry, what? <laughs> yeah, she left a note. It had been written a while ago, dressed to Hanukkah. So it looks like Hanukkah didn't kill Aiko. She killed herself. At which point Kaito's like, oh, no. If he wasn't so deep in his protagonist complex, he might have, you know, communicated with his friends. Mm -hmm. At which point we get the rest of the flashback from the alien's perspective, where uh, uh, Hanukkah explains that uh, she had been just as shocked and surprised about Aiko's suicide as as the rest of them would be. And... She's like, can you give me the ability to transform into her? Nobody would mind if I disappeared, but if I can become her, then it would be like she never left. And then I can be there for everyone else in her place, <laughs> which requires its own unpacking. But it, it, it came from a place of like care for her friends. It and... comes from a place of care for her friends, but there's also a level of I don't matter that connects mm-hmm. her to uh shuichi yeah which like there there's a lot of uh interconnected uh like i mean self-worth is a major running theme having too much of it too little of it uh how it uh relates to other people i love kaito's villain turn here because his full joker moment <laughs> man man does he word salad his way into a point of view <laughs> like <laughs> 
Oh, he he is he is so narcissistic and and obsessed with his place as air quotes the protagonist that he can justify doing basically anything. Mm -hmm. He's not. The problem is he's not really justifying either as a thing. Like it's he's explaining okay. what happened, but it's he's trying to justify to himself. He's failing at it, but he's trying. I think it's implied he is be when we're being told the flashback of her asking to become Ico, it's implied he's getting this information from the alien because he's crying at the vending machine. Mm -hmm. And then is going through talking to everyone going like, oh yeah, they all knew she killed herself and then had come back. And I don't know if we get a clear conclusion if they're just kind of going like, well, alien, we can't really acknowledge you murdered Hanako, but... Well, because the the ending here is kind of the important part because um, it's it's made pretty clear and what exactly the specific wish was, uh, we don't know. But the things like Shuichi's memories being tampered with is clearly because uh, of Kaito's hundred coin wish. They were in the process of trying to deal with this horrifying situation when. He goes, you know, he goes full choker moment, what, makes his yeah. wish. I thought Elena was the one who manipulated Suichi's memories. She might have. I, th I think she's explicitly said she did. Oh, uh, when, when she when she gave him monster yeah. powers. Yeah. In that phone call, she's also she's the one who took away his memories when he was in the fight. That's yeah, why so, she knocked him out. So she's got the memory manipulation powers. But like. Like the circumstances, the circumstances that led to that moment were created by whatever wish that uh, Kaito made. made. As the manga would phrase it, the actual plot happened in the past. I was the only one who did not want to see Hinoka disappear. So that's why I killed her. And I'm like, buddy, you're you're Jeez. you're you're trying hard. I wasn't entirely convinced. Yeah, it's a not very convincing argument, but he yeah. is really trying hard to convince himself. Now, the he word salads himself into like, the only person I wanted to stay around disappeared and I made them disappear. So now I'm going to make everyone else disappear. Mm -hmm. And I think he's the threat the alien is saying is that if you don't get the 100 coins, someone's going to destroy the world because he's like the first person to make a wish is basically saying I want to get rid of everybody. Mm hmm. That actually explains Kaito's uh, monster form because the stand. It's Hanako. It's Hanako. <laughs> it's her his ghost. Stand is, his stand is Hanako's ghost. Hanako's ghost. Tits out wielding a buster sword. So, hmm. <laughs> yeah, I know. It's almost as if he's got some unresolved issues or something. <laughs> so, yeah, that's, uh, that's our second reading of Gleipnir. Yeah, the chapter kind of ends with um, Suichi and Claire fighting a nameless creature to kind of set up that they're going to the crash site for all their questions to be answered. And I'm like, okay, I, I don't believe you at this point, manga. Uh, yeah, they're with Sanbei. Oh, yeah. Sanbei looks like what? That, that's okay. So Sanbei is what the alien looked like then. Yeah, they're they're like, uh, hey, the last group didn't work out. Sanbei, we're going to the crash site. Mm -hmm. And he's like, awesome. I am a blood knight. I am so ready. <laughs> 
<laughs> Sanbei never change. <laughs> Actually, Sanbei, you should probably change, but you're not going to, to so we're just going to accept things as they you, are. You'll continue to be interesting. I, I, I like how both our readings have ended on Sanbei being a badass. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> yeah, look, he's cool. What do you want? But yeah, that's our uh, second reading of Gleipnir come to a close. So, uh, favorite character. I tentatively have favorite fight here in the discussion. There were really only like two. Mm hmm. So if you have one, uh, if you have one, shout it out. But uh, uh, actually, can we just is it the is it the full merger Kitsune thing? Yes. It, it yeah. better It better not be dude showing I'm actually super strong and punching the jaw off someone and chlorine gas bomb. Like those are the <laughs> yeah. other two options. Yeah, those are the other two options. So, yeah, it's 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 the it's the Kitsune murder mode. <laughs> To be fair, pointing this out that that was really awesome, mm -hmm. not unworthy, but yeah, that's that's the only good answer. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. As for my favorite character, ah, uh, you know, it's hard to say. There's a lot of them in this particular reading. You're right, Sam. No one can hold a candle to Sanbei. Good job. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I said it before, and I'll say it again. For the brief time he was here, I did really like Madoka. He, uh. He just looked the uh, thesis statement of the manga in its face and said, having co having conf internal conflict over this is cringe. I'm going to go live on the mountains like a badass with my boys. He seems to be the only happy person in the entire story. So that's a thing. <laughs> I, I appreciate a king living his truth. <laughs> I, I appreciate that. He died doing a good thing, which uh, shows you what should happen to good people in this manga. Like, <laughs> you need to bear the weight of sins. Arc phrase. So how about you, Matt? Favorite uh, character? Madoka's a, a pretty, pretty good pick. Um, I, I gotta say, I, I love Chihiro in this. Um, not so much for her as a character, because I, I think she's kind of bland. Unless you take the reading we did that she was being devious in her seduction attempts, which is pretty good but i'm on the fence whether or not that's like canon <laughs> it's funny but yeah mm. we'll see if that actually goes anywhere yeah um but yeah chihiro mostly because of the drama she sets up with the two main characters because man claire getting super possessive and jealous and realizing she actually can't connect with suichi as much as someone else oh mm -hmm. that's uh that's got a burn yep pretty top tier uh jay how about you favorite character so unfortunately, I haven't swayed too far from my original hypothesis. I was originally drawn to the alien, as we know, um, a little towards Claire. But I think that I also, I don't know, I'm curious to find out more about Yota. You just, I, I feel like there's more exposition there. Almost assuredly. And I feel like we'll get a lot of chances to see him uh, talk a bit more as he goes to fight more dudes. Uh, yep. And Jake, favorite character. Really, really, it's the members of the love triangle who uh, uh, stand out the most to me. Uh, Chihiro, because I like the read that she was being uh, devious and that she wasn't as uh, innocent as she pretended to be. Uh, I really like Claire because of the degree to which her mask is cracking, because the simple fact of the matter is it's easy to assume that all of Claire's like, hey, we could also have actual sex is pure manipulation. But there is a part of me who wonders if Claire 
if if some of Claire's jealousy is actually genuine, like that's yet to be seen. I'm not I don't want to make a definitive statement that, you know, she's actually not so bad deep down because I uh, so much evidence to the contrary, obviously. But mm. the the degree to which her mask is cracking reveals so much character to her. Like there is so much to her. And then honestly, Shuichi is great, too, because I kind of like that his character development has been sideways and milk toast. Because Glipnir isn't a series that has a nice, clean character arc for the protagonist getting better until he is both mentally, emotionally, and physically strong enough to defeat the final boss. That's not the kind of story that Glipnir is. Glipnir is the kind of story that wrestles you out of your comfort zone, beats you into the, into a pulp, and tells you to thank you for it. Uh, thank you, Glipnir. <laughs> and Shuichi's... Shuichi's inability to commit to things until he can, and then also even still not really be fully on board with the things that he's doing, his accepting of the responsibility he has, but maybe taking a little bit too much responsibility via a victim complex. That's, again, there's so much to it. You know, there's so much to the character who is defined by being an empty mascot costume. You know, mm. his his emptiness is in of itself a deep and complex character because, you know, I mean, not for nothing. How did he get that way? Because there, like there's more to it than just his memories being manipulated. You know, his uh, his probably girlfriend uh, trying to, like, protect him from the horrible things that had, you know, uh, uh, happened in the past and that. Uh, Very that, possessively trying to do so as well by making him into a thing that she could crawl into. And like the, the elements of um, bestowing upon someone gifts that they didn't ask for and might not want, which is a thing that comes up a lot. Like Shuichi's nature as the like mascot costume form. And also the fact that he turns into that kitsune form and is able to via that hole in himself connect with somebody on a level that isn't otherwise possible like that's an interesting idea to explore both in a positive and in a very negative way there's a lot of places that the story can take that concept yeah i'm i'm really looking forward to how they're going to use uh uh the you know basically shuichi super forms now yeah because it also implies that there's uh ways that he can fuse with other characters in a similar way and you know that's coming with claire right <laughs> it, well i mean it's gonna come with claire eventually but the idea of him having the idea of him combining with other characters too as a way of exploring mm -hmm. them mm -hmm. and how shuichi interacts with that because you know it's not just um exploring chihiro that happened in that it's also exploring shuichi's self-identity because you know he himself was angry for himself that was my new friend that you hurt therefore i am angry for my sake because you hurt my friend like like you know that that allowing himself to feel the emotion for himself even though it was something bad that happened to another person he cared about you know that's mm -hmm. That's a cool way of exploring that idea, you know, the, you know, selfishness of relationships, uh, you know, when the selflessness of relationships is often a more common focus in stories. So that kind of dovetailed into the second question, which was, uh, what the fuck is going on, a.k.a. plot discussion? <laughs> <laughs>
I feel uh, like everyone is ascending. I mean, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> In yeah, more ways a, than one. Yeah, that's a that's a succinct way to put it there. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I'm just really looking forward to um the eventual uh clashing between uh Elena and Claire when both of them have more information about the other and specifically about Shuichi's relationship with the two of them. <laughs> That's going to be spicy and it is inevitable. You're right. Inevitably it's going to end in a reverse harem or no, just a harem. Just They're a harem. Yep, it's not, it's that's, a, that's a call. It's not going to end with um, Elena getting inside Suichi to murder Claire. Nah, it could become that. Okay. Oh, only on a good day. How many chapters are there left? Uh, we've read about half of it, so okay. it, it, it ended in volume 14, I think, mm -mm. earlier this mm -hmm. year. Yeah, we're just shy of half. Mm -hmm. so I don't know if we have enough. I don't know. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to say, knowing what we know about the length of the series, I, I don't think they have enough runway to do Battle Shonen, which mm -hmm. I think, I'm, I'm hoping with how our reading ended, they're veering away from the Battle Shonen. <laughs> Mm. Yeah, it it doesn't seem like other than Chihiro, they really found much ground with the rest of that team. I I, I think Kakun exists in the background as main antagonist, maybe for when they kill this current antagonist, and then he comes in and he's just like, "Haha, don't you know what betrayal is?" But that sounds dumb now that I've said that out loud. So, <laughs> I, I, but why else? Why why have him disappear? With how, how this manga sets up things, it's not subtle. So when they make up thing to say he disappeared, he either died for breaking the oath, telling something to someone, like mm -hmm. he got interrogated for information and we're going to be revealed that in a flashback, or he's next big bad and it's going to be dumb. Like, I, I don't know. I don't know how you can have another big bad when this current big bad is the main character and everyone is saying he's the main character and he's the one guarding all the coins. So I mm -hmm. this kind of has a little bit to do with the would you continue reading. But the, the thing for me here is that because Gleipnir dovetailed a bit into the battle shown in elements, which I mean, that's my jam, but like not really Gleipnir's wheelhouse. Not entirely what I'm here for, for this particular manga. Um, there is there is the element that it could it could go stupid and it might. There is also a more optimistic read of that. It is it is building it up like Kaito is like the big shonen bad and then they stop him. And that doesn't solve the problem. They they mm. did the shonen thing and it didn't work. Now what? And um, in that way, introduce perhaps more psychological villains. I mean, maybe it could even do like a bit of a genre hopping thing where the characters are basically mimicking what manga characters do, which could then tie into the alien reading manga so much. You know, it's like these these teenagers are looking for an identity, so they're sort of filling tropes, and that's not who they really are. Like, they're all a bit mascot costumey, and they're just filling, you know, characters into those spaces. Um, that's the sort of optimistic read of where the plot could go. I am I am of the opinion that um, however it plays out, fighty or otherwise, if the series has a happy ending, 
than uh, Claire and Shuichi doing the like full synchro combine would be what ends the plot. Otherwise, there's a non-zero chance that Shuichi might end up killing Claire. I could see Claire getting shot because Suichi either buys into there are necessary sacrifices or or even like she's going too far so he has to stop her or something. I mm-hmm. I like it because it would remind me this is supposed to be a horror series <laughs> like yeah. In I all wasn't honesty like that in this read. Yeah. This this read because it gave the main characters a bunch of power, that's why it feels so shonen-y. That said though, if they gain a bunch of power, they fight the big shonen bad, they win, and it doesn't solve the problem, then that could that could be the the horror rug pull, which is where I'm hoping at the very least Lightnir goes in the future. Yeah, I, I mean, we, we can kind of move into would you continue reading, I guess, because this is kind of my big thing is um, uh, would I continue reading really is no, because I I loved 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 the like uncomfortable horror of like being forced to do violence that was all over the first one Mm -hmm. and that's kind of just missing in this part Mm -hmm. like Mm -hmm. even the whole like big action fight we all said was really cool it kind of is really cool because both of the kind of milquetoast characters realized they were willing to kill someone over the other being hurt which is cool, but then your moral is justified violence, which isn't a horror theme. It's a yeah. shonen theme. It's, ah, uh, yes, we're using violence to do good, whereas in the beginning it was, we're murdering people because that... Because like, that benefits I, us. That benefits us. And that's actually the thing is, that scene I said was really cool, where Shuichi shot some guy in the back, wasn't portrayed as, oh no, what a horrible thing to end a life over pragmatism it was good shuichi you've understood the game you're playing which isn't a horror scene that's a shonen scene it's it's an action movie which is cool mm-hmm. i'm not disparaging that but like not what we came here for when i really liked the body horror like oh no i am becoming a monster if you're getting stronger you should also become more monstrous you should become less human that's the horror aspect of losing control of your own body to become a beast Mm-hmm. This is just shonen nonsense. How ugly yeah. works? Do we know if this is still shonen? Do we still feel like this is shonen? Oh, here, here's the thing. Considering up and the flashback arc was me going, I'm not reading more of this because <laughs> that that was that was some like they explain the plot. I I I know the mangaka's stroking himself a lot while reading this. This was him stroking off to his own work, like. Mm, I yeah I I don't love lore dumps they're they're kind of lazy but uh the fact that this ended on them going with Sanbei to go confront the thing on their own I like that because the humanizing aspect of that group kind of made it feel less horror so if they're deciding that those people are only dragging them down and going off and doing their own thing as monsters cool that could be in a direction so I'd be hopeful to read more of it but like if I have to give a I, if I have to give an answer, no. It's on thin ice at best. Yeah. It it burnt a lot of goodwill in the battle shown in arc and then dumping a whole bunch of flashbacks. 
So yeah. Sam, that was real negative. Uh, would you continue reading? <laughs> uh, I'm not going to lie. I agree with you that it uh, definitely lost a lot of the uh, original flavor that was so prominent in our first reading. But Sam, you didn't and like the original flavor. <laughs> it, it Exactly. I feel so shallow for saying this, but now that it's more the speed I usually read for fun for, I'm more likely to continue. Although. I also got confused as hell during the flashback sequence at the end. I'm like, what? It, who is who? Where is where? Like, hey, hey, going Sam, back. Th- just asking you, when you go to an Indian restaurant, do you get mild? No. Oh, okay. <laughs> you sound like a mild enjoy. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Not, not about that spice. <laughs> this Ob- is true. Objectively incorrect. But that aside. <laughs> uh I I would be uh, interested in continuing fully in the knowledge that uh, now that it has uh, become closer to my usual fare. And so I am kind of for saying that. (laughs) I know Matt said he didn't like this because it was shown in action trash. That's why I like it. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, So we got one negative, one positive. Uh, Jacob, (laughs) would you continue reading? Here's another case where... uh... Uh, Gleipnir warps the universe, and I kind of have to agree with Matt, which usually doesn't happen. One thing that we didn't really mention, and th- this is this is something where it's a relatively minor problem, but one thing I couldn't help but notice is the sexual stuff in the uh, prior reading we did was all very uncomfortable and horrifying. None of it was fun. It was all really yucky and really unpleasant. There was a lot more fan servicey stuff here. And that made me yeah. uncomfortable in a different way. <laughs> yeah, like like the scene between um, Leader Girl and Claire was more of that original vibe of uncomfortable sexual kind of violence. But everything involving Chio just wasn't. And then there's and then there was Gropey Hands Man, which was framed in a very particular way. I I did like how everyone on his team was like, yeah, no, he's just a creepy molester. Yeah, fuck that guy. And then Madoka's <laughs> just like, nope, I'm fighting for you, creepy molester. You're my boy. I die for you. Madoka, maybe this is why you're not allowed on Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, like, not for nothing, that Kitsune form is freaking awesome, and, and I want to see it again. Mm-hmm. But in all honesty... Part of the reason I really liked Glipnir was because it took me out of my comfort zone, was because it challenged me, because it presented me with really uncomfortable emotions that I don't normally grapple with. So the fact that it's going away from that, I I will probably do what I did last time, where I'll just chip away at a couple of uh, chapters and uh, hope it goes into uh, back into the direction it was in the, our first reading. And then probably uh, drift away from it. And then, you know, hopefully we'll, you know, hopefully we'll get it recommended next year and we'll actually be able to see definitively uh, one way or another what happens one way or another. Because, I mean, like it, it is it is very much in the case where it's on some thin ice with me, even some of the stuff that it did that I thought like, I, again, I can't stress enough. The Kitsune form and that fight were so freaking cool. But they're not really Glipnir thing. I know. I like that when Naruto did it, too. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, So would I continue reading? 
I'm I'm willing to see where it goes, but probably it's not as high on my list as it was before. Okay, and finally, Jay, would you continue reading Glipnir? Glipnir. Why do I keep saying it the wrong way? Probably because I'm saying it the wrong way. Jay, would you continue reading Glipnir? I don't. So to be honest, I do not remember exactly what my what my thinking from our last reading was, but. I don't know. I thought it definitely was more on the upswing and the fact that I it is complicated for me to say, but I don't I I, I feel like it's kind of fallen a little fallen a little flat or flatter than perhaps I would have expected from to be where we currently are in the reading. I, I feel almost as if the plot has not deepened quite as much as it has broadened. Yeah, I I will agree with you, Jay. I don't feel like we're halfway through a story. Yeah, I think that's a fair assessment. I mean, <laughs> maybe that means that the Shonen plot arc will end soon and it will get back to being horror question mark. <laughs> yeah, I, I just like this. And this was like a 30,000 foot like as we're rehashing it. I'm just like, did we actually advance the plot? I just feel like we're throwing more and more characters, finding out more and more how people are related or how they're oh, connected. We got told a bunch of backstory is the only forward movement. The main characters actually didn't advance the plot at all. They tried to go up the hill to get more coins and got pushed back going up the hill. So now they've got to go back up the hill. And yeah. then we got told a bunch of flashbacks that the main characters don't know. Yeah. Oh, geez. Yeah. So glad, glad that we're all on the same page. <laughs> I guess technically Chihiro knows those things, so. Not all yeah, the flashbacks, just the one thing. Ugh. Oh my God. And Chihiro's like, do I tell them the things I know? <laughs> like, Me neither. But I'm hey. sorry, Jay, was that a, was that a no? I, I, I don't know because I feel, I don't want to be premature saying no, but the, I wasn't really... Jay, go ahead That's... and say yes, you'd continue reading. Let's completely flip the vote on Gleipnir. <laughs> I don't think I would. Okay, good. So Sam's agreeing to continue reading the horny trash shonen. So <laughs> nothing's changed there. Uh... <laughs> Why am I in this camp? What the hell's going on? <laughs> I, 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 felt, I felt very attacked all episode, and I don't think I appreciate it. <laughs> Uh, anyway, thank you all once again for listening to the Overmanga Cast. As always, you can find us on all your social medias where we are at Overmanga Cast. Uh, you can also find us on YouTube uh, where you can like, comment, and subscribe. Uh, our episodes go up there on a two week delay. So if you want to uh, catch up with our latest episodes, you can head over to OvermangaCast.com. We even have a way that you can uh, comment on individual episodes there to give us your recommendations, tell us what you thought, uh, tell us why the uh, horny shonen trash is actually super deep and why we're wrong about everything we said. And as always, we appreciate reviews in any and all form. Reach out to us over mangacast at gmail.com. Recommend we read something. Uh, this was a recommendation by one of you guys. So, you know, we always love hearing from you. And if you ever want us to revisit things that somehow most of us didn't like but we kept reading anyway uh go ahead tell us uh you know if enough of you ask by enough i mean like two or three because i'll just do it because i know jacob would hate it we'll read more dragon ball super uh, <laughs> uh i will cry so you, you have that to look forward to <laughs> and make sure to tune in next week where we are um 
guys, is it just body horror month? I know it's October, but like, come on. We're reading Sweet Home, chapter 0 through 13. Yeah. Unleash your inner desires. <laughs> All right. Uh, so we know that Jake's looking forward to this one. And uh... protein. <laughs> God, are, are we just kind of daisy chaining our way through series? So we went. <laughs> I think we might have unintentionally done that, but we'll see you all next Thursday. Good night, everybody. Good night. (laughs) Okay, guys, so are we watching the Netflix on this or wait? No, this is on Webtoon? You can hate Webtoon!